The train headed for Sunset City will be departing soon. I'm still surprised we were able to get Gilly to do it that one time. <laughs> we're, we're actually live, by the way. We're live right now? Yeah, right now, yeah. Oh, I'm still surprised we were able to get Gilly to do it that one time. That's you. In, in, sure. you're not even, there's, there's nothing about those mean? words. You're not even <laughs> facing the other side of the table, Cirrus. You look like you're, you're just. Off oh, do I have own... my? Do I have my my thing from the other podcast? <laughs> yeah, you've got on? your Hold off on. to the side avatar. <laughs> and it, it looks like you just do not want to hear what we have to say. <laughs> well, I don't. But kidding. Here we go. This should fix it. Uh, Nobody ever wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> so after taking Christmas off to spend time with our families and stuff. We're back for a new episode, and Garrulous64, you are in charge of the introductions. Yeah, hey everybody, welcome to Sunset City, the sonic podcast for the classic <laughs> and modern age. That was, that was it. We're here today with Garrulous64, me, Channel Pup. It's a me. Him. Oh and god, my, phone, my phone's telling me I'm supposed to be awake right now. Phone is ringing. <laughs> That was your get-out-of-bed alarm? That was my get-out-of-bed alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Gilly is not here today because he is busy. He's got He's a dead. simping to do. Yeah. Um, I, You're welcome. I don't have any placeholder for Gilly right now. I was thinking maybe we use the graves, <clears throat> but I thought, you know what, let's do something interesting uh, for Gen 2. Let's do Scarecrows instead of Gravestones. Get a little scare gilly, gross. get a little gilly voodoo doll in there. Ah, we'll do a scare gilly, you know. Um, Gareth, can you also <laughs> um talk the audience through uh the super chat policy and the Patreon? Oh, sure. Uh, plug. Yes, of course. Uh, right. Sorry, I forget about those things. No, no, uh, no worries. We have uh, so super chats on this live stream will be read at the end of the stream in very comical fashion, and no sooner. And we also, and yeah, no, yeah, no sooner. So don't ask about it or else. And. We have a Patreon that you can find in the description. You don't you have to go any further that, than that. You, you don't. You don't have to like click on it or anything. But like you can find in the in the description. That's, it is that's there. Funny. You will see there. it there. I, I'm trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's look for some scare. God, wouldn't it be? Today we're gonna be talking about Sonic Dream Team, and also maybe Sonic Forces Overclocked once and, Cirrus um, leaves. Prime as well. Us. I mean. <laughs> Did any of you boys get the chance to watch the first episode of season three on YouTube? Uh, I had time and I didn't watch it. You Sorry. had time and you didn't watch it. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. That's um, that's the most reasonable answer there. Mine is very similar. Okay, we can at least try <laughs> to pretend to be enthusiastic about Sonic Prime for the fans that are in the audience, but... Okay, nope, I mean... Can't, I'm not gonna lie to the fans. Do you guys want to hear my review of episode three? Sure. Okay. Is uh, it episode not... one of season three? Episode one of season three is on YouTube right now. It's called Grim Tidings. Okay. Um, which I'm wondering if that is a little reference to uh, to Christmas, which was uh, quite recent. Um, did you guys have a good Christmas, by the way? I had a pretty good Christmas. Yeah. Stressful, but good. Yeah. What about what about you, Garrett64? I had a good time. I, I usually see a lot of family, and then a week later we do New Year's Day. So it's like... All these people, all the time. Sounds, and then I need to sleep for like three days. Sounds like you're sick of them, frankly. No, I love them. It's just... No, nah, it sounds like you're sick of When them. I'm surrounded by you people all the time, it gets me very drained, you know? Nah, yeah. you are the only one who experiences that. I know. 
<laughs> the only introvert. It's like a new book series. You're the you're the one. Everyone else loves people. You specifically are the Grinch. <laughs> hey, it feels like that sometimes. No, the only one I, I uh... definitely I'll Grinch it up. Am I the only one who's an introvert? Am, am, I, the only, am I the only one that likes Sonic Unleashed? But, um, okay, Sonic Prime, <laughs> yes. Grim Tidings. Um, so, I thought, I think, um, going by, I'm gonna, um... <laughs> God, there's a lot of, it's there's a lot happened. of starts to sentences there. I know that these aren't seasons. That it's just a thing Netflix says so they can pretend they didn't cancel it after one season. I know that these are not seasons, but pulling that into account, I think the season openers, quotation points, have been the highlight of the show so far, anyways. Like, the shadows I, in there? There's that. But, like, the first episode of season one, I thought that was quite good. The first episode of season two, I thought that was quite good. And now that we're on season three i think the opener of this one is pretty good i much prefer nine as a villain um the chaos council are in there and they're still cringe but they're only in there a little bit and i'm hoping that the rest of the show will follow suit um and um shadow is in it still he, he's in it some more this time and um i'm not gonna spoil anything I'm going to give away one very minor thing, though. One minor thing. This is not, like, going to reveal any plot outcomes, but it's a very minor thing. Remember in Season 2, the excuse they made for Shadow not being in the other episodes, just to keep him out of the show, was that he couldn't go through the gateways. Yeah, even using the tech. Yeah, through the plot gates. Well, in this episode, he just takes the side entrance. What? Yeah. It's literally that simple. Sort of gets around my issue because have you ever noticed when Shadow was in the Sonic Boom cartoon? It was like he was in two episodes in two seasons or something, maybe like three episodes. Like I'm wondering if they don't want them to use Shadow. I mean, there's like, allegedly like you know? there's allegedly a little bit of embargoing on Shadow that they're only allowed to use him for a certain amount. Why? That Sega's uh, uh, like, their thingies. If this was a Sonic and Shadow show, I would be like. Everyone would love like, it. Like, like, a, like a buddy cop thriller or Everybody something? Everybody would like, love it. If this it. was like a good cop, bad cop show with Sonic and Shadow, I would be all over it. Like, I, I don't hate it, but it's just like, it feels like more missed potential again, you know? Everybody would just... love the show if it was a Sonic and Shadow TV show. And maybe we're going to do another instance of hope the next Sonic thing is better, but maybe... um. Season 3 will have a bit more of Shadow in it, given that now there is literally no excuse for him to not be able to make it into the Shadow Spaces, unless it... Because it's a crack. There's a little crack within... Like, you know how they're made of these block thingies? There's a little yeah, crack yeah. between the blocks. Maybe the other Shadow Spaces don't have that. But that's how he gets in. Takes the side entrance. Sloppy. Sloppy writing. But whatever, it gets Shadow in the story, I guess. Um, but, yeah. Not brilliant. But, I mean... Shadow's characterization, Prime is one of the best things to happen to Shadow in an official capacity in decades. Like, and Shadow's characterization in here is no slouch. It's it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to say, oh, it's better than the previous Prime episodes because it, it's not like they, you know, listen to fan feedback or anything on this because, again, it's all one season technically and this, that, and the other. But 
what we see of Shadow here is stuff I've wanted to see for a little bit, and I'm glad we are seeing it. Let me just move Scare again. Alright, maybe I'll watch it after this. I mean, I would say this was an episode worth watching. I think it's quite cool that we've got a villain that wants to kind of play God, and I think, you know, Nine as a villain is kind of fun. Um, but, um, we'll and see there's how a, there's a good There's a good conflict with... There is there is no world in which what Sonic wants and what Nine wants can be the same thing right now. Yeah. Sonic wants all of his friends back. That necessarily means that Nine needs to be deleted. Nine wants to rewrite the world in a way that it's not, you know, it doesn't screw him over in specific as hard as it does. Yeah. And but, um... that requires not having the world where... Sonic has his friends. There were have they, have they explicitly was... stated that, like, if it goes back together, those other shatter spaces don't exist anymore? Is I mean, that, it's not explicitly stated, but Nine it's says... It's heavily implied. Nine says, if you... Uh, he says at the end of Season 2, if you succeed in putting Green Hill back together, what happens to me? Uh, did okay. you ever, like... Yeah, and they, no, that is a very interesting conundrum for Sonic, because, like, he does not like killing people. So, like... Yeah, yeah so the, the... If we explored way more of this way sooner, I think that would be really cool, and... That's the thing, is there are elements of Sonic Prime that I think are really good, and I think it shouldn't be too dismissed in that I do think as far as the quality of stories and storytelling in Sonic goes, I still think Sonic Prime is leaps and bounds better than the Pontaf era, for example. You know? I, I just don't want it to be uh, one of those things where... Cause, and Sonic suffered from this in the past, where... The story and plot are something that's incredibly interesting to read about on a wiki and incredibly frustrating to watch pan out. Right, yeah. I... Like, I, it, it's had that problem for a while where, like, there's all these really good ideas that are yeah. just there and we've got access to them. And when fans are talking about them, people listening to those fans are like, oh, my God, I didn't know Sonic was so deep. And then, like, they actually watch the thing and they're like, Oh my god, I didn't know Sonic was Yeah. Didn't know Sonic <laughs> like, was it's, so silly. It's 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 a <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem that Sonic's had for a long time with every damn near everything it's made. And I really hope we get to a point one day where that's not the case. Where but... for once it can be as good as it is on paper. Yeah. Mm. And it's like there are times where it is, right? So like Adventure One and Two, I feel like it it is there. And has been there, especially because those games came out in a time where that was really, really good in cinematic storytelling for the time that it came out. I mean, I like to think it's there, but with with the silly lens on, with with the silly lens, because like the it, it is lens. silly. It just I, silly, I was just thinking about like... an essay too. You know, you know, when Sonic's, I think it's in Dark Story after you, Sonic fights the egg golem and he jumps towards the golem. The titty and, that to moment. Like screaming and the, like, like I think um, it doesn't matter is playing in the background and yes. it's so funny. Like it's it's very. I love that scene so much. It is it is very funny oh. and I'm I'm not gonna lie like so I, I uh my girlfriend hadn't actually seen the story of most Sonic things she'd just seen the movies so I played through Sonic Adventure two uh <laughs> just with her so that she could see the story of it and there are a lot of moments where like you're playing through the hero story and you go huh. This is really by the books, but it's fine. Then you go through the dark story and you're like, huh, that's really fucking silly. But it's still okay. Like the the egg golem moment, and I think the other the other major one was in the hero story where um 
where all of the emeralds get yanked out of the freaking space pod or the uh, spacecraft that they're in. Oh, yeah. Because Knuckles messes with the controls, yeah. The other thing is also, though, like, silly can take on so many different definitions. Like, my reasoning for thinking Sonic Adventure 2 is kind of silly is completely different from why I think Sonic Adventure 1 is kind of silly. Like, I I was playing through Sonic Adventure 1, actually, while I was at my sister's for Christmas, and I was just playing mm. through I was like, this is the cutest Sonic game. Like, by a landslide. This is the cutest one. All that stuff of that stupid robot taking Amy away and Sonic chasing it through Twinkle Park. And just all of this. And the lovers special going on there. And j- the little conflict between Knuckles that lasts for, like, one second. It's so There's silly. so many, like, little, little <laughs> notable moments in that game. Yeah, and, like, also just how observational Sonic is with everything. Everything he sees, he's got a little whoa comment going on. He's always having a revelation 24-7 in that game. And I love him (laughs) for it. Because he just looks like a guy that's been dropped into the world for the very first time. And it's just so silly. Yeah. I love silly Sonic. But it's so silly. I've always thought of um, Sonic Adventure as being like Indiana Jones meets Love Actually. And I just think it's perfect. Especially when you get to, uh, what from a call it? The. Why is my brain saying Lost City? The Lost World. Lost World. Yeah, oh especially God, when you're in Lost World. You don't want to remember Lost World. You could legitimately remake Love Actually, but it is Sonic Adventure 1. And I kind of want to do that now. Yeah, do it. I want to do it. No, I wanna I... Do... Right, I've, I've got so many projects. I'm stacked. <laughs> Once. Once Radioactive Spider-Man is done, I will get straight on to a Sonic Adventure adaptation. Like You gotta make like another I... Klonoa fan film. That I've was cool. Made, I, I, I've, already, I've already made two. One of them's just a re-release. <laughs> oh, do it again. You want another one? Did, did you like it? Yeah. yeah oh, I, I thought, thought it was yeah. neat. I thought you hated Klonoa. What? Yeah. No. No, I don't hate Klonoa. I played the games when they came out in the released remakes. It was good. You hated him. I hated him. I'd say they're pretty wahoo. You said Klonoa (laughs) had the single least appealing character design in history. I don't think I would say that. If I was, I would say that about like Charmy B, I think. I feel like a lot of that is uh, imparted on by Charmy's abrasive personality. (laughs) His abrasive personality? Yeah. He's worst. He's the worst. Um, all right, well... What are we talking about? We were talking about Sonic Prime season... Oh, yeah, okay. But, like, um, I think I've said all I really have to say about it on it. I, I think what's going to happen is, like, we get this episode, it's good, it's reestablishing things, it takes place all in the grim, and you've got Sonic and Shadow versus Nine as the central conflict. I think next episode, they'll come up with some other stupid reason for Shadow to not appear. Like, maybe there isn't a convenient side entrance this time. And he got then, up by a giant bird and they gotta go gets, save him. Or he gets into the universe and then it turns out that using the side entrance doesn't really anchor you very well to it and he'll have to, like, he's in there for a time limit or he'll die. Yeah, and then we're back in Pirate <laughs> Town and Knuckles the Dread is like, me beauty! And then uh, we have more of that until Wait. the end. I don't know, maybe th- there Dredd is every chance that... like his cause... universe... Sorry, go Didn't on. he go to a different universe? No, he, he went to the he went to the dead Green Hill. He went to New York City though. Dread was in New York City, wasn't no, yeah, he? Yeah, Dread did. Yeah, Dread can. 
So why the fuck can Shadow not go no, in there? No, we've been over this. <laughs> this was a conversation we had in the Season 2 review. Um, I think, like, some fans have said, oh, it's because he has prism energy because he's been in contact with the prism where Shadow hasn't, but then explains That's some the most of... fucking shit answer I've ever... Literally, it's probably just the mandates. They just were like, yeah, Knuckles but can go Shadow. anywhere you want because you can use Knuckles all day. Hey, you know Shadow. That... You know that no thing? Way. People would definitely watch a Sonic and Shadow buddy cop multiverse show. Yeah, we're not going to do it. We just can't. We just refuse. <laughs> not going to happen. The mandates won't allow for it. I wasn't mad about are. it until just now. Um, but, now, um, now I'm feeling a little frusty. frusty. But, a little frusty um, you're a little, a little frusty? I feel a little frusty about it. Going by my overall opinions on season one and two, because I think... It really does come across when in casual conversation that I fucking hate this show. I don't. I think it's the second worst Sonic show as of right now. But that doesn't mean I think it's bad. I think there's actually a surprising bar of quality for Sonic television media. But um, what I was going to say is um, I think Sonic Prime feels like a show that has like 10 episodes worth of story stretched out across fucking 20 something. I think we might finally be cutting to the chase now, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I'm hoping we're not going to have more going into the pirate dimension and doing this, that, and the other. I'm, I'm hoping we're really going to start oh, wrapping things like up this. now. You know? I, I really, I really wish that this had been more of a Sonic what if as opposed to a Sonic, uh, toy marketing line. So as in it's True. another toy exactly. marketing line. <laughs> if it's like Marvel's <laughs> what if. Well, yeah, but so so when I'm saying more of a what if, I'm meaning more like these other dimensions don't. Aside from New York City, there's not it's a not single dimension Sonic in Sonic Prime that makes sense within the within the realm of what Sonic is. How, how does not having Sonic create the pirate dimension, and how does not having Sonic create the jungle dimension? No, that's because well, Jolly see, Roger um, died. Sonic, <laughs> Jolly Roger Craig Smith. <laughs> Like the, you put all his treasure in one place for the and next. That's why we got Devin Mac as Sonic. Dredge out on a, a boat. He put all of his treasure in one place, and it's yours. You just have to find it, and this will create the Great Hedgehog era, where everybody's well, looking. It's all yours if you find it, and it's like Eggman is Jolly Roger. And then we're gonna have a four kids dub where he says, "I put it all in one piece instead of one pay, uh, one place," and everybody's See, gonna that get really upset. That really threw me off because I was like, "Then why do you call it One Piece?" <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> One Piece live action, pretty good, by the way. Just yeah, saying. I wouldn't know. I don't watch Sailor Moon, but um, yeah, Prime. I am, I am four hundred episodes into One Piece now. I will, I will finish it. I I'm swear to God, like three hundred eighty, I think. Oh, so you're in Thriller Bark? I'm sorry. Oh no, I finished Thriller Bark. I'm done with this. It's a One Piece podcast now. Here we go. Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, no, you're in, you're in Saba Odi. So, I just, um... I, I was at the very beginning. Yeah. The reason why we didn't talk about Sonic Dream Team last episode was because Cirrus and Gilly hadn't played it yet, so we didn't see much point. As of right now, Gilly's not here, and Cirrus has played like five minutes of it. I, so, funnily enough, when I, when I got up, I figured out why my controller wasn't working. I understand now. What happened? The, the specific Bluetooth controller that I got has settings on it that, cha that uh, change how different phones read it, and... So instead of hitting the power button, you have to hold the power button and hit the R button. And that changes its coding to Microsoft Xbox controller. And then my phone was able to read it. Before it was reading it just as a D3. And it didn't know what a D3 was. But I was like, yeah, my phone's Bluetooth connected to my controller and it's not working. I don't know what the hell's going on. Kill me. But 
yeah, no, apparently you have to have secret button combinations when you turn the controller on or it won't connect properly. Konami. I, I hate life. So for anybody who's wondering, the uh, the BSP D3 has secret button combinations to make it work with an iPhone. Good to know. Things I didn't understand before, but now I know. Ugh. It doesn't work with Bluetooth. So how much it, of it have you like everything else? Now? Uh, so I have, hold on, I can go ahead and boot it right up because I have gotten through an iPhone not turning on correctly. That's, that's where I'm at right now. Mm. I hate these things. Nice. Ah, no, lower volume. Just play please. it now and tell us what you think, okay? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> uh, so there's a, play. so there is something that I really, really enjoy about it and something that I really, really dislike. Um, I like the freedom that I have when I'm playing in the game. It felt when I was playing on touchscreen, the freedom felt awful. The camera controls feel bad on touchscreen. The There's freedom, no um, fighters. I'm going to end you. Um, but no, I, I really like how open the world feels despite obviously being level based. What I don't like, and I think this is mostly a, a criticism of it being a mobile game. This is entirely, you know, just something that's, because the game is built on the medium that it is. I don't like the fact that so much of it feels automatic. Rings automatically come to you. The homing attack works from a billion miles away and doesn't have to be aimed very well. Like it's just, A lot of things are done for you really, really easily. And I feel like if the game was on a console, there wouldn't be as much of that. But because it's on a mobile game and they have to accommodate playing it on a touchscreen, that's a by necessity thing. So I don't know how I feel about that because I can't I can't rightly criticize the game for that. But I also do not like it. It's weird, but I do enjoy how I do enjoy the level layouts. They feel a lot more sonic than just running around in frontiers. But I also I think it's because of all the automatic stuff that's in this particular game, I think I like movement in Frontiers still way more than I like movement in this game. Like, I want this game's levels, and I want the open-world movement system of Frontiers to traverse around this game with. That could be fun. I don't know like, I, I, um, I, I feel like I know what you mean, but I don't know if I would use the same word. Okay. I feel like it doesn't feel like these things are automatic to me it feels like they are very simplified but not to the point of automation though if you understand what i'm saying yeah. so like it's game doesn't simplified have much down to like two buttons effectively two buttons and the analog stick uh you got boost and then you've got everything else basically um mm -hmm. and because like even the homing attack doubles up as the light dash across the rings and stuff like that um I and think... it's got a weird hoppy air dash as well. Yeah, I thought the air dash yeah, was I like having that back. I don't know. I quite liked the air dash, but um, oh, I I like it. I like it a lot. It just it feels. Bear in mind, I've I've played a lot of Frontiers, and I literally just came off the back of replaying Adventure Two, so my brain's in a very this is how the homing attack is supposed to work. Yeah, uh, yeah it's mode different. where the game's Definitely. concerned. Um, and it it. Going through Adventure 2 again reminded me how much I love the rail grind system in that game specifically. Yeah, whereas so going in this, the... is like... I was quite surprised, though, that... It's like super switching... automated here. Well, it's both yes and no compared to the more modern ones. So, like, 
Because in, in the more modern ones, change rail, you... Is flick. just flicking the stick to the left yeah, and right, and this one stick, you have yeah. to hit the jump button. Yeah, it it's is, it is closer to what Adventure Two and Heroes had for changing. But yeah, rails. you can so easily home attack onto them that you might as well just be flicking the stick. Effect <laughs> flicking the stick. You might as well just be you know doing that. Um, although I, I don't know which one I like better, to be honest. Though, like I, I feel like they're utilized a bit differently. By the time you get onto, like, a rail grinding segment in your average modern Sonic game, it's effectively Temple Run. Whereas here, they feel like more of a, like, a, hey, there's a rail here, you can take that, or you can take some other route, you know? Like... Well, it's also... A lot of that also comes down to the level design in this game more. The... I've, I've gone through... I think I'm, like, on Act 4 of the first level, because the, the act structure in here is kind of weird. It feels almost sonic colors -y in that you have a main level and then you have a bunch of filler levels kind that are made of, with the same assets right after it's weird because it's like you've got act one two three and then the boss but within act one you've then got like five challenges and they don't work the same way as like cyberspace does where it's all packed into the level it's like you go you go on act one and do challenge number three or whatever, and you've got a surprisingly kind of different level layout, but only slightly tweaked. So it's like the main acts, act one, two, and three, all feel like proper Sonic levels, but then there's the sub-acts within that, and it's like, it's so strange, because the level layouts are still kind of different, which I kind of like, I guess. Like, I mean, I'd definitely rather that it's than... It's better than reusing levels. Oh, you def know? Definitely, definitely. But like, I, I would say... Like, I, I definitely think... Uh, there's like, I, I was thinking it was almost a little like generations too. Yes. Like how they change the levels a lot. Yeah. But uh, and sometimes even give you just whole different sections. It's weird because it's just it's even more granular though because it's like with generations like okay here's the modern stage that's that's that one and then you've got I don't know what five challenges within that I can't remember exactly how many challenges you get within it but um four five yeah with this it's like okay here's three acts. And then here's five challenges each per act. So it's like, there's quite a bit there. It's quite a confusing layout at first, but I think once you're a bit more acquainted with it, it it will make sense. It's one of those things where after a while I started being like, I'm just going to do all the challenges within the acts. Because then I'm not going to get roadblocked. It is one of those things where Sonic Dream Team does have a problem... I guess, that a lot of the modern Sonic games have around sort of the Unleashed era and stuff like that, is there's the roadblocking of progress. You can't just go from act to act to act. In fairness, in this case, the game would be, like, I don't know, half an hour long if they didn't do this. Um, but at least in this case, that content we're doing in between doesn't just feel like redoing the same stuff or getting extra granular with it. It at least feels like, okay, this is a slightly different spin on the act I just did. I, I think of all the Sonic games to roadblock progress, this one does it better than most. At least it does, at least it roadblocks it by going, please do something within a level that you already kind of want to be in. Like, I've... I haven't felt the thing that I felt with Superstars playing this. In Superstars, I felt like I started a level and the first thing i wanted was for the level to end i just wanted the level to end because it meant i was closer to the game ending which means i was closer to not playing the game anymore mm -hmm. i haven't felt that way with this one i'm even if i don't end up completing this game at least it doesn't make me feel like i don't want to play it especially now that i got the controller working 
the controls feel fine. Um, it's, I'm just, I'm actually kind of glad I was forced to use touchscreen for a little bit because I wouldn't have touched it at all if I thought I could have gotten away with it. Now that I have played with touchscreen, I'm like, okay, I can understand some of the concessions that the movement system has. Though, there was one thing that was super refreshing to me, uh, and it was actually while on a rail. Um, so there's, there's a section, one of the first levels where you're on a rail. And if you don't rail switch, there's a, it, the rail loops, it turns around and it pulls you back the other way. And then it, it just loops you around until you switch the rail and the camera actually turned to stay behind me when it, when it looped around. And I'm so used to Sonic games when you're on a rail going, no, the, the camera goes the way the rail is wanting to go, and that is it. If you go backwards on the rail, screw you, buddy. You're going blind. <laughs> I think you can actually go backwards on every rail in Sonic Dream Team, and it always yeah. does that. That's and that's, that's one of the things that I've been... Oh, go on, sorry. That, sorry, I was just going to say, that is something I love about Dream Team, is it is one instance where these levels feel versatile. It doesn't feel like... Uh, there's obviously the way you're supposed to play it is go from A to B, but it also feels like you can actually go back and it won't break the level in half. Like, you yeah. don't just have to play the level as it's intended. You can actually explore if you want without buggering the entire experience up. Yeah, I wanted to go find all the red rings, and that's something that I've said I wanted to do in things like Forces and Frontiers, even Frontiers, but in Frontiers... I didn't like cyberspace enough to go back to want to play them again. And in Forces, <laughs> I, I didn't want to collect I anything. did once we had the spin dash in cyberspace, I must admit. I the same, I collected the, everything. I wanted everything. I want to play this game with the Frontier spin dash. I want to play this game with, like, just the unhinged movement that Frontiers ultimately lets you have once you have the spin with dash. With that being on. said, though, what we have here is an instance of where they've gotten this is kind of what you know a lot of people were asking for from sonic frontiers where i've been more um charitable towards it this game is undoubtedly they've created a gameplay engine and designed the levels around it yeah, yeah. and it feels yeah exactly somehow, it feels really good for that that's that's the thing, it was a video is, game that they created and made for this purpose. That's the instead thing. of just yoinking things from previous games, which is, you know, surprisingly, when it's designed around what you're playing, it's great. Dream it's Team awesome. is undoubtedly, to me, the cleaner experience than Sonic Frontiers. Um and I, I do prefer Frontiers' overall gameplay still. Like, cause the thing is I as soon as I went in, I tested things like the turning, uh, just the overall versatility of Sonic. And, like, it's, it's pretty unfair to compare Frontiers to Dream Team on the basis that Dream Team's a mobile game and its simplicity in its controls is one of the things it prides itself on, while Frontiers is all about having the most versatile Sonic ever. You want to boost, you can boost. You want to spin dash, you can spin dash. You want to punch things, you can punch things. Um, but I like that better. But then there's also things like I like the turning better, in Sonic Frontiers, I like having the spin dash, and I like how you can just fling yourself off of things. Spin flinging, as I call it, is probably one of my favorite things in Sonic games in general. Uh, but it's one of those things where Sonic Frontiers doesn't necessarily feel as clean as Sonic Dream Team in this case. 
Because, it, again, its level design is more designed to be a one-size-fits-all Sonic level design, effectively. And we've seen them experiment a little bit with the towers in uh, Update 3. But even then, we're still at the experimentation point. It's, it's one of those things where, like, you know, the fabled sliders conversation is bound to come up because... There might be someone who's played the base Frontiers and not touched the sliders like, nah, Frontiers feels like Dookie compared to Dream Team. And then you've got me who's very much got it the way he wants it to be. Um, but Dream Team, you know, there's no sliders and it feels good. It feels the way it's meant to feel, you know? Yeah, it's... I think it would be interesting to take one of these characters from Dream Team, uh, just take you know, Sonic or Amy, because they're probably the ones that would be most suited to uh the the playing field of frontiers drop them exactly as they are into the frontiers open world to see how it feels and then drop yeah it would probably be a bit more awkward wouldn't it because yeah that's another thing as well is knuckles okay knuckles and rouge in this game their glide is very limp like they start dropping down after a mere second or so but Sonic Dream Team's levels are very much designed to account for that. So it's kind of okay, but it's not something I would want from a game with any other level design, you know? Yeah, if you were if you were playing Frontiers and you had the sort of, like, cl- uh, fast drag down to the bottom mm-hmm. type of glide that they had. It's like, um... So, do you... Do, what was the last time you actually played Sonic Heroes? Uh, probably last year. Okay, so... The the worst sin that game ever committed to me, but it, it it not counting the making you go through Team Chaotix. That's that's the worst sin. Um, but the worst the worst movement sin that game ever ever committed was replacing the glide with the triangle jump. That that triangle formation thing that they use for all the characters who had a glide at one point is it feels awful. It has never felt good, but it is made to purpose in what is, you know, Sonic Heroes. It it makes sense for the Sonic Heroes levels, but it feels awful. I imagine that's probably the same way you feel with Rouge and Knuckles. We're like, this feels bad, but it feels like it works here. I don't want this to go anywhere else. Keep it here, please. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where if they made a Dream Team 2 and the level design philosophy is still the same, and I love the level design philosophy as is, so I don't really want it to change much. I don't mind if they, you know, you know they want to keep the characters the exact same. There's no part of me that's like, this needs to change with Dream Team. Um, because everything is so very cohesive. Um, everything and I think works. that is something that Dream Team definitely has over Sonic Frontiers is the cohesion of it. Like... Everything is built for purpose. The levels are built for purpose. The aesthetics are built for purpose. The controls are built for purpose. I will still advocate for sliders and stuff like that. Customization, freedom, to a small extent. Less now that I've played Dream Team and seen, well, you know, you just got something cohesive here, you know? This is the way the game's meant to be. But Dream Team does still have things like accessibility options and stuff like that. You know, you can turn off damage and stuff. I would say, like, I'm still pro-slider, but I don't think we should have sliders like uh, jump deacceleration, for example, because why would you want that even? Just have it off, you know? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think the slider that should serve for things like, you can put a cap on Sonic's top speed if you're having trouble with it. 
and that's all there is to it. Uh, there is one thing that, speaking of the speed in this game, um, so this is another one of those Sonic games that has a problem with the boost button basically being the run button, where you have a very slow jaunt for Sonic standards, a very slow jaunt as your main running speed. And then when you're boosting, that's your actual, oh, I'm playing a Sonic game running speed. I don't like that. And I would really like if one day we could get away from that. I'm very, very tired of boost to run Sonic. I'm not saying that it doesn't work. I'm saying that it's not what I want in my Sonic games. I'm, I don't, it's too easy. Um, you don't need to earn it. I would say I think it is something that is only going to benefit 3D Sonic is having a run button effectively because it is the number one complaint that a lot of like casual players have about Sonic is like he moves really, really fast and then you'll get a challenging platforming segment that, you know, that speed doesn't really complement and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I think, like, for some of the platforming stuff that is offered in Sonic Dream Team, if you were to take, say, Unleashed Sonic, where even his base run speed is really whip-fast, you'd have some problems there. But I think it's also a matter of acceleration as well. Because, like, you look at, say, Adventure 1 Sonic, and pretty much every environment he's in, he controls really well. And it's partly yeah. down to the fact that he's got quite a gradual acceleration. You're not immediately moving fast. You, you know, have a little time to prep yourself and grab your bearings before he starts moving at top speed. I, I think maybe rather than a run button or the boost being treated as a run button, maybe that sort of boosting speed should kind of be more the default, but rather than having a run button, you've instead got a brake, which would just slow Sonic down to a crawl, effectively. Or not down to a crawl, but down to a manageable jog. I like the idea that we've got two speed settings, one being sonic speed, the other being um, something that is fit for intricate platforming that you can easily just default to if you're having a little trouble, and then maybe once you've got your confidence up, use the boost. I mean, there are things you can do with the boost and platforming in Sonic Frontiers that you could never dream of doing in, say, Sonic Unleashed and Generations, because the boost is not controllable in those games. It's purely What's... there for, you've got a long stretch, and... You know, you'd have to be so skilled. What's funny is there's a moment in a in I can't remember the desert level's name in Unleashed on the Wii, where if you take a side path, there's a there's an area that's right above water. There's just a series of small bridges and platforms sticking up out of the water. Out of that. And what the game and what the game wants you to do is it wants you to hit a boost pad because on that dash pad you'll just zoom through that area automatically but if you jump there is nothing in that game that is equipped to help you steer that jump to land anywhere you are going in the water mm -hmm. and like i'm i'm sure there's one or two people in the world who can probably make those jumps perfectly fine and easily and all the time without 50 trial and error times on their back but yeah you're right there is nothing there's nothing in those games as much as i love them that is suited to the platforming part of Sonic. Not really. Yeah, like... I think Dream Team the... kind of has both. Like, it's got the super speed and the platform. My thing about... Sorry to cut you off, by the way. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was thinking about with Dream Team and, like, all of the boost games, really, is... Like, thinking about how they must have been interpreting like, bringing the gameplay to this new style, right? Because you're thinking, we want Sonic to go fast because it's what people want. 
So we've added this thing, the boost. And I've been thinking about it, like, what if we didn't have, like, what if the boost didn't hurt enemies, right? Like, they made oh, it that's so what it was they, just that's a what speed that's, thing? That's Frontiers. Yeah, that's yeah. what they did in Frontiers. Yeah, no, and no, no, I love just, that. Uh, this isn't the end of the thought, though. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so, like, imagine from the beginning, they did not make it kill enemies. And instead, you had to either roll or slide when you were about to run into an enemy. And I'm wondering if maybe they made the boost kill enemies, and then, you know, like, I know it didn't in Frontiers, but now it does again in uh, Dream Team. I, I feel like that's because that works the best for that style of gameplay. Because, like, if you have to, every time you see an enemy coming, consciously think, okay, like, I'm going five million miles an hour, and I need to press the circle button 40 extra times during this section because there's a bunch of robots... Either that or just have the spin dash always active. But, like, either way, then it's just the same thing as the boost because you're plowing through enemies without doing anything, really. So I'm stuck in this place now, right now, where I agree with you, Cyrus. I think that boost speed is too much. Like, you rely on it too much. Like, it is the, the win button, basically. You press that, and it's the press to have fun button. Yeah. But if if the boost wasn't there, and instead we were running at top speed and had to do the thing where we had to juggle, like... Or I guess in that case, if the boost wasn't there, then just pressing another button when you're about to hit a robot does make sense. But with the boost, I feel like your hand would be, like, dancing back and forth between the X and the circle button, let's say, to slide if the boost didn't do damage. I mean... So it's like, I can't find a common ground here, like, with the boost. Like, I feel like the boost has to be overpowered. Or else, so, what's the point of it even being there? I mean... So you know, there's, like, a, there's a... There's a... There's a legitimate way for me to answer that, and there's a, a really, like, condescending gamer bro way <laughs> to answer that that I think is... I can take it, Ferris. Okay, okay, cool. So you're saying you want me to press more than one button in my video game? How fucking dare you? <laughs> but... I, that's a, I'm saying not from a player's perspective, but I'm thinking from the designer's perspective, I feel like they thought that's too much for people. So we're just going to make it do this one thing, and it's going to be the win button. So and I think that's how we got here. I think that's I th what it is. I think I think you're probably right because from a design perspective, the boost is for all intents and purposes a replacement for the spin dash. Mm -hmm. And and I think playing Frontiers has solidified just how much of a replacement for the spin dash the boost has been mm. because when you use the spin dash, it feels like the boost again but with added like a bunch of added stuff. I'm, I'm. Yeah, it feels torn. different, but it's the same. I'm torn. I think it's a very complex conversation here because I definitely would make a distinction between. I, I would say that the boost in the boost games, I guess, as we refer to them, is a completely different entity to what it is in Sonic Frontiers in just pretty much every regard. Yeah, it's a movement option now, basically. Well, yeah, like, yeah, because like in, Frontiers made it into just like a movement thing. In um. In Unleashed, in generations, now just, you'd use that's the a good boost. Point. It is just a boost. You would use the boost at the sacrifice of your control, effectively. Like at that point, yeah, you need to be confident in when you're using the boost. And that was one of the things that kind of made the boost cool, especially in Sonic Generations, was that not every level is going to let you just boost your way through. This is where I thought, you know, the the whole boost to win argument was extremely misrepresentative of the boost games was the fact that, no, you couldn't just boost to win because there'd be lots of areas where the game would require you to be a little more conservative with it. Um, so, 
it's it's a different thing. It's doing a different thing. It's achieving a different thing because the boost felt so exhilarating as well in Unleashed and Generations. When you got a chance to boost and you slammed it down and you was plowing through enemies, you'd see the enemies get knocked back into the distance. It was pure spectacle. And I think they introduced it beautifully with Windmill Isle Act 2 in Sonic Unleashed in that not only is the boost blasting through enemies, you've got all this breakable scenery such as pottery and restaurants and storefronts that Sonic is just demolishing. It is the... Menace. It is the power fantasy. I, I say it a lot, and I know it's kind of a meme, but it's the power fantasy element of those games. The boost in Sonic Frontiers is not that in the slightest. The it's boost, the run button. The boost in Frontiers is a means of getting the Sonic speed, but it doesn't serve as, whoa, look at him go, you know? It serves as... Then the spin dash does that. Yeah, the spin dash, dash kind of does. Boost. It's still not quite on the level of the original boost, but it's... It's much better. more like it. Like, yeah. I, I think it's the if, best boost we've ever had. If anything, Generally. the way that the spin dash keeps your momentum as you're using it to just fling off of shit. Yeah, it, I mean, I do like a... it because it's so broken. That's the thing. Like, I, you ever be torn on a, like a game mechanic like that because it is obviously stupidly broken, but like that makes it fun. So like. I don't know. It's difficult. Like it's it's broken to the point where they had to add those new. Remember they have like the new asterisks in the cyberspace levels for being like, yeah, you use the spin dash in this one. And I don't it's, think it's even it's entirely like necessary though, because using using Sonic skills to exploit level design has always been a part of the Sonic series. It's always been one of the core appeals. Is we've we've got these skills here, such as rolling, such as jumping off of a hill at just the right time, such as spin I dash. Agree. I agree, and that's one of the reasons I like Sonic Adventure so much, because you can, like, spin dash jump off things, and it's, uh, uh, funny enough, the exact same thing we're talking about for Frontiers. But in Frontiers, it, like, it, in Sonic Adventure, it feels like that was something they're aware of, right, yeah. when they made the game. And it no, all comes I, back I to it again, where Frontiers added it later, so when I fling off of stuff into the stratosphere, I'm looking at it like, oh, look, there's the end of the game world, because yeah, they didn't like, accommodate for this. There's been times, you know, like, um... it, it, feels good but it feels bad there's been times where it's like especially in the 2d cyberspace stages as well using the spin dash you might spin dash off of a ramp and then you hit the boundary the, the top boundary of the level yeah. and you see him just freeze up there and it's like yeah i wasn't meant to do that was <laughs> sonic 06 ass moment yeah it's it's unfortunate we couldn't have a, a boundary break for that but um you know it, it's <laughs> Ah, it's 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 an interesting one. I I think you know that skill, the spin dash, does more good than bad. It's just the consistency of it. Like it it doesn't. It's a little too vertical in two D stages, and then there are times when it will fling you off of stuff. But then there's a rare instance where Sonic will still magnetize to the edge, which makes it just a little unpredictable. I think you know if you would ask me, what's the number one thing that they need for Sonic in a Frontier sequel is just for it to be a little more predictable. Something I can completely trust in. So that I know that if I spin dash off a hill, I know exactly what's going to happen. As opposed to, oh, look how far I flung versus, oh, he magnetized and now I'm dead. Yeah, the, but, um, the magnetization was a thing that we... I remember when, when Frontiers was first, like, it was it was about to come out. How much footage people were pointing out the, uh, the magnetization yes. of the feet to everything. And... 
it, it helps that we didn't spend as much time in the cyberspace stages eventually, because that that was a that was a sticking point for a while. I get it, sticking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, back to kind of the boost thing, like. Why I think it's a completely different thing as well, though, is, like, you know, it doesn't have the same sacrifices even, either. Like, it it was mind-blowing to me that you could be boosting in Sonic Frontiers and you could still make a perfect little circle with your Psylube. That, I thought, was absolutely beautiful. Like, I, I got kind of emotional the first time I ran around in a circle <laughs> while boosting, which sounds ridiculous. But it's, it's similar to how I felt when I smacked myself into a floor in Marvel Spider-Man 2 and died. I was like, oh, now we're talking, buddy. Like, because as far as I saw it, I was like, you've got it unlocked now. You've made Sonic turn good. That that means you could do anything. The world's your oyster at this point. But um, there's also just like, after Sonic Forces, a big thinking point for me was player agency. You know, um, just how many player inputs it would take to pull off certain things, because... After Sonic Forces, the whole boost to win thing had kind of become flesh. I'd always thought it was a stupid argument, but as of Sonic Forces, the boost to win accusations, they weren't getting past them. So when I saw that, it's like, okay, the boost is still here, but now it can't fucking destroy shit. Now I actually have to jump and then homing attack it. I was like, good, good. Now I have to do more shit. That's good. So if you ask me generally what kind of boost I prefer between the destructive power fantasy boost of Sonic Unleashed versus the go fast button of Sonic Frontiers, I must admit I'm gravitating more towards the go fast button of Frontiers, which is baffling to me when we come over to Sonic Dream Team, because with Sonic Dream Team, we don't quite have the control sacrifice when it comes to the boost. He's still pretty controllable, and he's not ridiculously fast either when he's boosting. He's just, it's kind of how you'd expect Sonic to be, really. But then it's destructive as well. It's kind of like, I feel like it didn't need to be, you know? No, I, I feel like in Dream Team... Okay, I'm going to try and explain to you how I feel about controls in games <laughs> that I like in the best possible way that I can. But, but, like, just know that in my head, I just play game and I go, ooh, I like that. But, like, the reason that I like it so much... It's almost like when I can understand a game properly, right? Like when I can really get in tune with a game's control, something like Mario 64 or Sonic Adventure, stuff like that. I know exactly how the character is going to move oh, when yeah. I move the control stick. Mm -hmm. So like it's almost like like, like I've activated mind meld mode you and i are can just synchronized you are the I sonic i am synchronized up i am synced up and that's a good feeling and in dream team when i'm like weaving through these levels and like you said it's like there's no sacrifice with the boost anymore like it just feels good you turn well everything I'm sorry i'm going to say that but i don't want to press more buttons when i'm running through those levels like that game specifically it's mm. a mobile game, so it makes sense they don't have as many buttons, and it makes sense the boost kills things. Because if you had to have another button the to press, where you have to kills stop boosting, things, Sonic. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> and then homing attack and stop and homing attack, it would completely ruin the pace of it for me. And I think every single time trial thing would be awful. And I think in this case, 
it doesn't feel like a power fantasy. It feels more like a movement fantasy game. I to mean, me. okay. it's, it's, this um... game. Go on. Sorry, like, like because of the boost, it makes so many things possible in ways that other boost games weren't. Like, I've done a lot of boost jumping off of things in this game just to see what you can get away with. Oh, that's cool, isn't it? Especially with flying characters. You boost jump into flying, and you don't fly for very long, but you could skip a lot of stuff, and it's cool as shit. And I think it just works better that way. I think, like, this kind of game can exist alongside something like Frontiers, definitely. Like, we can say, hey, the boost doesn't have to be the same thing every time, because, you know, all of a sudden, all of the characters have the boost in both of these games. So we could just say that this is a thing that people do. This is just a fast thing they do, like you were saying. It's just going to be a movement option. This is how we portray option. them being fast, effectively. Yeah, but in that case, completely separate these two gameplay styles. Don't give me the, the little levels of Dream Team or Cyberspace in a big 3D Sonic game. Just make two 3D Sonic games. One where the boost carves through things, because when I'm carving through those levels, feels like butter. It's, like, perfect. You're just kind of like, I can... Or like a big snowbank in a Tom and Jerry cartoon where they'd like plow directly through it, but only leaving like their only, just their silhouette. You know, like it feels like I am perfectly in tune with going through these stages as it is. But then just also experiment with other 3D movement in a different game. Like they don't need to be exactly the same. We don't even need them to share elements. Hell, they could just let Hardlight make, just let Hardlight make those games from now on. And Sonic Team focus completely on making the open world, open zone stuff better. And Zerus. I've gotten so far away from what I was starting to talk about, I think. Serious. Uh, but What's up? I get heated, I get passionate about I these think, things because um, I'm a dork. I think we made a damn good call getting this little sucker on the show. I think we did too. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I like I'm, that. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's, that's what this I'm... is all about. Um, but um... Thank you. You have opinions about Sonic. It's good. Yeah, but the Tom and Jerry I'm... allegory was was the point. Where I was like, oh man, he's speaking to me. Um, I mean, <laughs> listen. Um, like, I one hundred percent agree with like ninety nine percent of that. You, you, like, <laughs> agree in, with um, me more. It makes me feel good. No, listen. Uh, like, um. L- Fuck! I-, I say things like listen and stuff to pad out the time between my <laughs> thought and my speech, and uh, it just sounds here. rude, and I need a different word for that. Uh, <laughs> um, look, I, <laughs> I've i heard worse ways of doing it, trust me. Look here, look, listen. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, no, I, 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 I agree. I agree, basically. Like, I, I think Sonic Dream Team, the biggest, like, most amazingest thing that I can say about those controls is I'm I'm so tired. Is that um they are so predictable. Like apart from like when you're getting Are you to saying know it them, controls like a dream? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm saying it controls. It really does. Like a, I was like trying a, not to say it. I, but you know. Yeah. Um It's a dream come true. It's buttery. It's really buttery. Like the buttery turning, smooth. The turning isn't as beautiful as it is in Frontiers, but it's snappy and it's it's fit for its purpose and stuff like that. Like I am so close to like even if it's not my preference, my preference is always going to be things like spin dash. Um, I, I I would say for everything it's setting out to do, Dream Team's controls are almost perfect. 
the only reason why I say almost perfect is because I just wish the stomp were in there because it would actually come in handy at like so many occasions. The, I actually yes. felt a I agree. as I was playing through the levels I was playing through, there was a bunch of times where I felt like, huh, I kind of wish I could just stop Missed my movement stomp. midair. Also miss the air boost a little bit, but I, I feel like the stomp is like a really good addition. I that that would like, make it even um, better. The air dash was a decent substitute for the air boost, though. Like yeah, no, it was. That's why I don't miss it as much. Was, um, just as the air boost was a good substitute for the air dash. I think the air boost is great though, and it's especially in Sonic Frontiers. Like the air boost is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Mm. Sorry, I'm super yeah. tired. I've been up like since super early, and I, I was in France this morning, and now I'm in England. For those who don't fully, know. fully, yeah, I don't blame you for being tired, dude. Travel is like exhausting. So my brain is just like zero but um been doing good don't worry thanks man i think um yeah dream team like we've only really talked about the controls as well but like i i think um the level design that's the most important part for me honestly i mean yeah like how sonic controls and how it coincides with the level design and obviously we've mentioned that it coincides really well with the level design um but the yeah, so, so you can pretty much take from that that the level design is good. But I love the level design in Sonic Dream Team. Like, as far as linear Sonic games go, and it, it's hard to even necessarily call it linear, but it is an A to B Sonic game at the end of the day. This is some of the best overall level design that we've ever had, I would say. I don't, I don't know if that's too much of a stretch, but um, I, I'd probably say it with some conviction. It's like some of the best since generations i mean I, I say that like there aren't some original cyberspace stages in frontiers that made me go wow you know like the the one in the city at, at the the oranas island you know th there's some great levels there but just everything here is so beautifully expansive that it's almost like no two playthroughs are the same because there's so many different routes that you can take pair that with the fact that in the main acts you can play them as any character, and they've got roots to accommodate for those characters. It they, they feel so vast, and there's just so many opportunities to just make this your own, and I adore that about Sonic Dream Team. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of what I've got to say about that, really, is, like, alternate paths, they're wide and open. You've got lots of little areas as well where you can just kind of get your bearings to. Like, it's not all constant wall-to-wall -wall, uh, challenge and stuff. And even down to, like, the Nightmare Maze as well is such a different level design philosophy to the rest of the game, yet it still coincides so well with um, with, with the gameplay, you know? Yeah. No, I exactly agree. Like, my, my thing about the levels being designed well, I, I really love... This is, this is really weird, because I, I both really like how they look and also feel like they look more like levels than... Like a little then, world, then, but like I guess it's a dream world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so uh, like, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. It, it looks like a real game, like this. Time. Yeah, it look. It looks like a. It's there's a. So there's there's three types of Sonic world that we've had for our levels. Um, the, the world one has been the adventure one, adventure two style, where all of the levels feel very. They feel very lived in. They feel very much like you're in an area. You're in a place. Which is like when I'm running around. When I'm running out around the Space Colony arc, I feel like I'm in a place that could have once been a research facility. It's just gotten a little farked up. The, the I think the only time I didn't feel like that was on Radical Highway, where it was like, 
man, I feel like if cars drove here, they'd die. Um, <laughs> Maybe cars can just move at that speed. Who knows? Like, I mean, I mean in Sonic they have those X, big they can. Tails races I mean, on, who's so, building like, these, though? Like, what, 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 at what point are like, yeah. the architects like, let's put a loop in there. Why? But oh. then that's, you know, that's that's one end of the extreme. <laughs> and that's the extreme that I like. Then there's the end of the extreme I don't like, which is the U to the asset dump. Which is what we had in Frontiers, right? I mean, the, that's a, this there's is... another reason why I always say, oh, the next one will probably be better when it comes to Frontiers, is I can't really think of another Sonic game that's looked like a Unity asset dump. Yeah, and then, but then there's Dream Team, which fits firmly in the middle of, like, these places look like game levels. But it's and also that's, Dream. And that's yeah. okay. But see, the thing is, is that if I, I've, I've never had to apply that same thought process to, say, Mario, right? Because Mario levels can look like levels and look like places and they both feel perfectly fine. Like there's a, there's Mario 64 and galaxy and that looks like levels. And then there's Mario sunshine and those levels look like places. And I want to write, write to my local railway and just ask them to put some loop de loops on the train tracks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they go fast enough for it. They It'd could be probably cool, do it. Right. Like, um, but um, yeah, speaking of like the aesthetics, the because I know that, like, in the earlier days of talking about this game, I kind of mentioned, like, it looks kind of like a slight evolution of Sonic Lost World in terms of his appearance. And truth be told, I don't... It does feel very Lost worldy. Well, I don't Dude, stand by it Thank God now. not everything's the tube. Like, you know that, uh, wait, hold on. You know that last part of uh, Sonic Dream Team's... All right, Cyrus, you won't know it, but, like, the last... Like, one of the last parts of the final boss when Amy's running on, like, the cylinder, and oh, I was brother. like, Ew! Ew, no, because, no, because it was, it was it was okay. It was it, it was the oh, oh no, we that was the only oh, time. we can't talk about it. I was like, okay, okay, but, then, I, but like in my head, I was like, oh god, oh no, no. But I know what you're talking about, it. and it was awesome though. It was awesome. The reason, the actual thing is awesome. It was cool in that. No, because it's the same moment. thing. That, like, it's the yeah. same thing that Knuckles is climbing, and you know what that is, right? Yeah, it's Eggman's big old <laughs> brain. <laughs> He's brain. Cyrus. Is, yeah? He hasn't got there. So I'm, I'm trying to it's do a, this in it's the... It's okay. I'm, it's okay. It's I'm all right. To, I'm trying to be spoiler-free. But they just... Um, I, did, I did send a thing in the back rooms, though. Oh, okay. um, yeah, because I'm... My my time is... I've I've pushed a little bit due to things I'll mention uh, when we're not on stream. But... Of course. I'm I'm about at my I'm about at my wrap up stage. Oh, in that case, we can talk about it once Cyrus is out of here. Then yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, nope. Cyrus, do have fun at the. What's he doing, uh, Dylan? Uh Cyrus is going to the zoo. Alrighty, that's that's the best you got for my itinerary. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> you came up with sure. the idea. Fucking awesome, like, Cyrus. What do you mean? You, you I, came you up know with what? this idea like three weeks ago, Dylan, and that's all you got. <laughs> yeah, so... I didn't think about it till now. <laughs> okay, I, I'll just, weeks. I'll just be. You know what? Because you wasted it, I'm gonna go ahead and drop and and, and rip off the Iron Curtain for everybody. Uh, so I mentioned to Pup, hey, uh, on Fridays I have a tournament that I go to, and that's why I'm not able to be here super late. And since we had to push the show back, I was like, hey. That means I have to, you know, leave earlier than normal, as opposed to you know, well after we end the show. And then Garrulus said, "That's fine. You just have to let me make up the reason why you're leaving." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. This is gonna be great." Nah, 
I, you, you've lost you've lost those privileges. <laughs> Sirs, I said that three weeks ago, and I didn't yeah. think about it I tell you what, Sirs, again. you remember when I said ever. that I thought, you know, we made the right call getting him on the show? I, I'm... Yeah, I think I think you made the no, wrong call. No, don't take it away from yeah, me. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> it's so good. the biggest mistake of 2023, aside from alienating oh, no. Nick off of the show, was definitely it's... getting Dylan, <laughs> getting, getting Dylan on instead. <laughs> but the Dylan. zoo is so fun. How dare how dare. Oh, it's got animals. It got the big baboon. Oh, so it's, right. it is true. If you do go in January, the animals are all fat as well from where they've been like conserving food. It's brilliant. <laughs> all right. I'll have to... like... <laughs> Let him I'll go. Have to see you guys next week. <laughs> see all you right, next week, dude. See ya. Ah, we... oh, I didn't make a skeleton. I thought it was good. It. That, I thought it was great. Mm, it's not your best. I mean, it wasn't my best, but I. I... Look, uh. I'll do Look, better. dude, I got, got a lot of love for you, but bluntly, that was uh, that was uh, <laughs> meeting material. That was a, <laughs> oh. a disciplinary action kind of thing, right there. So, uh, we'll, be, again. Uh, we'll be speaking, but yet yeah, no, right? Cylindrical platforms, but the Eggman's arms is so so right. Um, the reason why I don't stand by it looking like Sonic Lost World anymore is because I, I, the I reason I said it looked like Sonic Lost World was because everything looked like it was made of plastic, but. It's in the first level because it's pool toy <laughs> themed, and I think that's brilliant. I I really like the first, like the, the fact that it's a beach level with a bunch of floaties and stuff. That's my favorite part. I like still it's, wish it's a there very was more, nice location. I still wish there was more to say that this is an Eggman beach, though. Yeah, it could, they could be like Eggman sand sculptures everywhere. That could have been neat. Yeah, or Eggman themed pool toys and stuff. Like I mean, obviously, but, like the boss it, being a pool toy is again genius. The, like there's yeah, the giant and a crab. There's so much, uh. yeah. There's so much ingenuity in the cohesion of these levels, though. Like the fact that the first level is pool toy themed and the boss is literally a pool toy a is pool toy. so smart. Yeah. Like I'm hoping. I also we'll like get... that each character has different dialogue for like that first little cutscene before the boss. Like that's kind of neat that you yeah, can go Amy's back and like, see the other gross. characters. Like... Ew, a giant enemy crab. What's so gross about an inflatable crab, though? Uh, it's got a big, gross mustache. Eh, maybe. Um, but uh, the thing I was saying earlier about stages looking like places, like, it's funny, because Dream Team's stages do very much feel like levels, mm. but also they feel more like places than anything from Sonic. And I know cyberspace is not a place, but you know what I mean. Like, those levels... I just mean, feel like, cyberspace. hey, I'm running through the arcade zone. Yeah, cyberspace is like it. Do it doesn't feel like a lived-in Green Hill. It's like a Green Hill-themed racetrack, effectively. And it, it, it's kind of like not. I guess you're not supposed to feel like it's lived in, but also like it'd be kind of neat if it, like you know, in Forces Overclocked, where like like we were just talking about this, how like you start the first level, and you're. Like, it's like you're immediately in a place. Yeah, Like, dude, this is a real world like that, that was, you're in. That was the thing I said in my review of Overclocked, that the best thing that game does is when it makes the transition from a very lived-in-looking starlight zone with signposts and stuff everywhere through to Green Hill, giving Sonic's world a sense of geography and context in a way that we haven't really actually seen in any of the official products. I was like, it, it, it's, a, yep. it's a fan mod, like any other. It's got its strengths, it's got its weaknesses, but when I saw that, I was like, holy fuck, more of that I beg. Because that is the thing with so many Sonic stages, is they've got a singular theming to them. You've got Green yeah, Hill, you get Green no Hill. Less. But for, it so forces, oh, it's so funny, because in Forces, they present 
the entire world like a real world, like you were selecting locations on a map, and it feels the fakest that it's ever been. Like, like I, it, it is basically a level select. Yeah, like, that's is. all it is. I mean, did like, you notice so that funny. in um in the second of the Mystical Forest levels or Mystic Jungle levels, there's a big neon sign up that says "Welcome to the Jungle" as you're entering the stage. <laughs> I was like, that is awesome. That. that is just bloody awesome. More um, of that, please. <laughs> but before we talk too much about overclocked, um. So, yeah, the level aesthetics, like, Pool Toys, I thought was a decent opener and everything. I, uh, I do think the Nightmare Maze, as cool as it does look, it it does also look awfully Mario to me. Yeah, um, that looks like a Mario Galaxy level. I, I can't tell you which one it is off the There top was of even my head, a but... level in Wonder that had me going, oh, that looks, that looks like a Nightmare Maze from Dream Team. And I think I was also thinking of uh, the uh, garden-themed level from, um, from Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, you know, that's the main thing I immediately think of is because obviously Super Mario Odyssey was my first Mario game. So that's kind of the thing that taught me kind of what Mario aesthetics do look like. But um, yeah, I would like Sonic to not do too much that looks like it could be in a Mario game. But at the same time, as the acts go on, the aesthetic evolves. And that's another thing I really praise about Sonic Dream Team is with the exception of Pool Toy Hill... Um, like, all of the levels have an evolution from act to act, as they become more nightmarish, more distorted, more fragmented, and more purple as well. And it's something Gilly brought up when he said about his first-hand experience with it before the game was out. He was saying, like, oh, I was surprised how it started off as, like, uh, was an orange level, and now it's purple. You know, like, it, you know. It was a good impression. It wasn't. You, you don't have to say it was a good impression, it wasn't. <laughs> I was gonna. It's yes and pup. That's how it works. No. Mm -mm. Um, best looking level in my opinion uh, is uh, Ego City, especially when it becomes a bit more nightmarey as well. Like that shit looked awesome. Like the visual highlight of the game was the final boss as well, in my opinion. I, yeah, no. I before I was I mentioned to pup before we started. I was playing Dream Team just so I had it fresh in my mind for this. And I, I'm i going to tell you, when I replay games, I typically like to play the very beginning a lot because it's the most, you know, like I'm like, ah, back on a new adventure. But I went right to Ego City. And yeah. I was playing those le levels over and over again because those are so much fun and I love how they look. And awesome. they even do like the Sonic Colors Eggman announcements yes. in the background. And it's like... Yes. Uh, like, also, I, I noticed he says, um, rolling into a ball is strictly prohibited. I was like, yeah, I mean, it just is anyway in this game. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Thanks. I was like Takeshi Azuka before Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> um, also, like, it, it felt like I was playing the opening credits of Futurama. And, and that's cool. <laughs> Even down to the tubes, the, the, the people tubes, you know, that was it awesome. It have the tubes, yeah. But like, that's, I didn't think of that. That's funny. The final boss, which it, it, it's not a fucking boss. Like, <laughs> I'm super fortunate that it isn't a boss because I released my 2023 Sonic boss final boss ranking um, before Dream Team was out. And I'm super lucky that Dream Team doesn't really have a final boss. But it, it was an awesome set piece to end the game on. But I think one piece of just design ingenuity for me was on those bits where your knuckles and you're climbing the giant nightmare Eggman arms. 
the the route to get you to the spring is the zipper. <laughs> it's a real place, see? It's just, it's so smart factoring in an element of Dr. Robotnik's design that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily think about, but now it's the path to the spring. That's so cool. Yeah, they did a lot of they did wonders with that game. I, I, I think yeah. Dream Team is... They gotta throw money at them guys to just do it again. I mean, Dream consoles. Team is... Do it. Like, if I were kind of describe it, it's like, imagine a Sonic game, but with the quality of a Mario game. <laughs> and you've got Sonic Dream is. Team. But, like, that, that's the thing, is it sounds like a joke, but, like, it kind of just is. And, and I, I said on Twitter, and I, I don't know if maybe to the same extent, but, like, I do think that if this were a console release, if it were downloadable for 15 bucks, and it was an Apple exclusive and stuff like that, this would be to modern Sonic what Mania was to classic Sonic. Where I'd, it's like I'd fucking pay twenty for this. I'd pay twenty for I'd it on 24. console, whatever, PC. Yeah. Definitely. It's very it's it's kind of sparse for content, but what's there is very replayable. Um And yeah, it, it's one of those things where as well as that, like, if this were the game to release after Sonic Generations, I'd look at this and be like, Yeah, there is a progression here, you know? Like mm. Yeah, because there certainly isn't a progression from Generations to Forces. There is a regression. Or Lost World, which is just the... We uh, wrote an idea on an egg and threw it at the wall. And when it splattered, we decided <laughs> that will be our game. I'm, I'm so sad because Lost World, like, it does appeal to me in certain ways. But other ways, like, the ways that are important to me are just bad. I, um... You know, like, it sucks. I think its aesthetic is everything Sonic should never be, and I, I think the same of, like, the way the Deadly Six look. I think writing-wise, it's everything Sonic should never be, and I think gameplay-wise, there's a lot of things that Sonic should just not be in there, <laughs> but as a platformer, it's still pretty well made. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I like certain things, but there's not enough. Uh, but Dream Team is the opposite. Like, I like I like so many things. It also helped that the I first like time I ever played Sonic Lost World was after I'd finished the video game Knack for the PlayStation 4. And um... You're always talking about that game. You talk about it every time we talk. No, I don't. That's not true. You do. That is not you true. You actually do. That is not true. No, I'm not, I'm not gaslighting you, you guys. You are gaslighting me, bro. This is like a... Uh, you have literally mentioned Knack more than anyone I've ever known. I didn't like it. I know, so that's why you keep talking about it. It's I don't not understand. really good, is it? Like, do you think it's good? Do you, do, are you trying to defend that right it. now? No, I haven't played it. I'm just saying, I've heard you say, you've brought up specifically Knack for the PS4, like, most times I've talked Let to you, Let me explain it, alright? Let me explain. Is, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a return to the 3D platformer genre, and it just wasn't that. And it was bad, and it wasn't fun. And I hated it. And then I played Lost World, and I was like, yeah, this is what a 3D platformer should be. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> process of the first time I played Sonic Lost World. I was like, that's more fucking like it. And it's all thanks to <laughs> Sorry, Knack. Sorry, Knack, you don't got what it takes. Uh, would you say that Sonic Dream Team is better than Sonic Superstars? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I know it's, it's not even as long as Superstars, even though Superstars isn't that long to begin with. But, like... I would still, like, Superstars is not worth $60. If I had paid $60 for Dream Team, I would have thought it was too short, but I would have at least walked away being like, but it was a damn fun time. 
it might have you put know, things like, in a slightly different perspective, but like, yeah, I can kind of agree. It's like it's one of those things where once the next payday's in and I forget I even spent the money in the first yeah. place, like I'd I'd be kind of yeah, I'd be like it. It did this provide me sixty dollars worth of fun? Yes, I would say absolutely. I just wish it was longer, and I'd probably just keep playing. I'd probably replay it a couple times. That's the thing that also sucks about it being an Apple Arcade thing, though, is like I'm gonna end up keeping an apple arcade subscription just to play it from time to time and then by yeah. then i will have paid more than 60 bucks for I, the game effectively i think after today i i actually just got the bill for the second month of it and i was like oh shit uh so i i'm going into it after after this and i'm gonna cancel it but i, I can just reactivate it when i want to play it i mean seven bucks to play this game every so often yeah uh, kind of sucks it's kind of like an arcade machine i, I also way, you know put, put a coin in like i like play. the game I like it enough to do that, you know? I mean, also, I, I think I found a bit of an omen here. A sonic omen, if you like. A sonic omen, Is that, um, in the third boss, I think it's called, like, the Nightmare Guardian or something, there, there's that bit where the thing looks you in the fucking eye. Also, that thing is an eldritch horror, and I love it. But there, there's a point where he looks you in the eye, and he snaps his fingers... That is the Nintendo Switch startup sound effect, and I defy anyone that says otherwise. Alright, it's a specific click. You can just say, oh, it's a click. No, that is the Switch sound effect. I'm gonna, do I'm gonna replay it right now so I can, like, confirm this? Sure, but, like, why? Because I need to know. Maybe it's an omen. Maybe it's a real omen. Okay. A sonic omen. Okay, but, like, uh, we, we still talk during, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I was saying... I'm just kidding, I'm not going to do that. It's not hooked up. Would you say there's a weak link? Uh, I don't know. Which Zelda game are we playing? Bitch. I'd say the weakest link is probably... Uh... Go on. I, I don't know if any of them are weak. I think the, the Zelda 1 Link, maybe? Maybe he sucks a little? I mean, I found Link to be quite fragile in Breath of the Wild when you first start up the game, but... Bitch, yeah. <laughs> do you think there is a weak link of um, Sonic Dream Team? Like, what, what would you say is kind of like the weak link of that game? Uh, I guess I got bored and sort of a little annoyed in Nightmare Maze occasionally. I'd say that's probably my least favorite part of it. I just don't like some of those, like... I, I think, like, to go find the five pieces of the the, the progression gate thing is, like... It's fine in most of the levels, but in that one, I was like, where the fuck have I been already? Like, the whole stage looks the same. It's cool that it's got gravity uh, gimmicks and they factor that in, but, like, at the same time, those gravity gimmicks are like, where is it? Yeah. Like, I, I just, I got lost, and I was like, I don't want to be here. But that was the only time, really. I was like, I don't like a couple of those levels. Everything else is fine. I think, um, everyone's talked about, like, Rouge's voice actor. I'm not going to bring politics into it, because I don't want to fucking talk about that shit. Um, but that's apparently been a bone of contention. But I'm going to say this, like, be it the voice actor or the direction, if the character's voice is cracking while they are speaking, it, it ain't good. You know? like yeah, I, I noticed several occasions where Rouge's voice would kind of do a little cracky squeak to it, and I was like, yeah, nah. Nah, that, that doesn't sound natural. Why you sound more like Mickey Mouse and A uh, Minnie Mouse than Amy does? You know that Rouge is supposed to kind of sound a little tougher. You know, like 
Didn't like it. Which is funny because this actor's performance in Generations was really good. Uh, pretty unrecognizable compared to this. Uh, my uh, roommate was like, why don't they just get the one from Generations back? I was like, that is the one from Generations. Yeah, and Forces too. Didn't she have lines in Forces? Yeah, she had a few. And she was not as good as she was in Generations. Or uh, Freeriders. Didn't but... she have like two lines in Generations, right? Or or one? Maybe three? Yeah, something like that. I guess that. if you only have three lines, you really knock it out of the park. But if you have... I mean, everything in Sonic Forces was bad. So I, like... I don't know if it's the VA's fault or if it's down to direction. And I think it's kind of got to be down to direction to some extent, right? Because like, some why would... direction, I would say, probably. Why would you drastically... That's why Roger's different in Frontiers, you know? Like, that's... I'll say this. They tell I'm him, happy... hey, no, deeper. I'm happy that they kept um, Roger in more of the Frontiers cadence for this, because I, I just, I like deeper voice Sonic. I think he sounded fine in Frontiers. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I, I feel like it was a little inconsistent here and there. But also with Dream Team, yeah. like I, I didn't like a lot of the sound clips they chose for most of the things. Like, I don't know, like... Every character. So Sonic was fine. But, like, everyone else had these weird sound clips. Like, they either went on too long or they just sounded strange. Like, it's they didn't sound like they were what they were supposed to be for. I feel like we've nailed Sonic, but it's like, even when we go over to, like, Frontiers, like, why why does Amy go, la, la, whenever she jumps? It's like, I, I think we still need to figure out some good grunts for Amy. Um, they didn't... Yeah, I, I guess... I don't know. Like, some of, like, the weird... <laughs> They sound too happy in Sonic 3. I've no I've actually noticed that like on like <laughs> They sound too happy and excited for what's happening. Cause like in the cutscenes, they're all really serious about it for the most part. Yeah, I mean there was one instance. I think it's Amy's first line of dialogue, and this is absolutely no disrespect for Cindy Robinson, because I think <laughs> she, like Roger uh, and um uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, has got the part down to a fine art at this point. Like she just she gets yeah the assignment. I like her as Amy she's really good yeah for this for this new version of Amy I think she's perfect um but that her first line where she greets Sonic is like Sonic and like what are you laughing about like what's so fucking funny she laughs when you click the button and stuff she yeah goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on for like four more chuckles she's than just you think laughing it would. her ass off in this game like what do you find like, so funny I I hope that means that they had fun when they were recording this. Yeah. But it sounds really weird in game. Like, it's they like, just, a, it's like okay. a cake they should have cut out. They were just like, um, uh, know, yeah, like... yeah, uh, Colleen, uh, uh, not Colleen, uh, Cindy Robinson's uh, performance is really good, but we just, we feel like she needs to sound a little happy. Can, can you get the guy with a feather in there to just tickle her while she reads her lines? Like, it's kind of how it sounds. It's just, I, it's so funny to me that I'm like, I'm okay it just with it. hit me now that I think they sound too happy. I'm okay. It, it, it's like honestly, it's adorable, happy. but like, <laughs> it's, oh dude, uh, I just thought my, my mind went somewhere. Um, when it's the okay. final boss, um, when I did my first playthrough. <laughs> wait, so, sorry, sorry, wait, Dim Demetrius has been saying funny shit in the chat the whole stream. But like, I like have Amy get hit by a sack of nickels for her grunts <laughs> next time. Can you imagine just like the oof? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I remember what I was gonna say now. Um, it was in the final boss against Nightmare Robotnik. Um, it was it was the music timing. I I had my capture card going. I was recording this footage, and the music timed beautifully because as soon as Cream like gathered her bearings and jumped off the edge, ready to go into the fight. The rock guitar riff started coming in. I was like, that is 
perfect. <laughs> and I've never been able to get it to do it again. And the footage's audio didn't record. <laughs> I'm just Oh no! Pissed. So now you can just do it with the song yourself. You can just put it like that. But it like, ain't the same. Man. No, I was just it thinking about, about that that specific moment where where Cream steps up to do her part in the final thing. I I was thinking about it because I played that section right before this, and it's funny to me that they highlight Knuckles so often in this game. Like I feel like someone, or maybe the Hard Like team, really likes Knuckles because they have like a couple scenes in the thing where people are like praising him. Or calling him cool, and well, REM I, calls I think him that's handsome. Partly down to the fact that like REM kind of relates to Knuckles, and that she's a guardian, and Knuckles is a guardian. So I think it's, it's just funny to me because like because even in that handsome. part, like Cream, I thought Cream was going to because she's been on like this little arc for the game where she's like, I need to help, I need to do something. I thought Cream and Cheese were gonna whoop those robots, and Knuckles was gonna land and go, Good job, Cream. But Knuckles lands and he beats them up because Cream is cowering, and. It's like they once again go, yeah, here's Knuckles. He's the fucking coolest. And, and I'm wondering if that was intentional. I wonder if but they I mean, were like, we want to make... I'm he's, not saying he's not also... a good thing. I'm just saying... No, he's also the first person, though, to tell Cream, fucking go kick some ass, you know? And I really like that. Yeah. Because, like, before that, That's like, true. you know, Amy and Sonic are like, no, don't don't go into battle. Knuckles is like, g g go knock him dead and make Aryan proud. I was like, this is actually a really good characterization for Knuckles. I like, yeah, I like him a lot in that game. Like, I think they wrote him really well. Like, not to be like, you know, oh, wow, isn't he handsome? And then you pan over and he's, like, eating paint. Like, like they would in, like, the modern games. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's doing fine. Like, he's he's called <laughs> handsome. He doesn't hear it, but he still acts like a cool gentleman. And, and like, I appreciate that. Paint. I think the neat dude. You know what I mean. Like in the yeah, Pontaf and Graf stuff, like, it panda knuckles and he'd just be like, I'm just a simple eating a candy bar. I don't even know which end of the toothbrush goes in your nose. He's, he's painting a candy bar and eating the fence. You know, like. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking of Boom Knuckles. And that is the thing, is Boom Knuckles <laughs> is kind of so, like, the opposite end of the, the spectrum. And I know that he's everything people don't want Knuckles to be. But they did it well, though, didn't they? Like, as far as He's the, funny. as far I as do... dumb fuck knuckles goes, they did it goddamn well. In in some of the games, but in some games like Lost World or Forces, like he's just a shithead. Oh, he sucks. You know, like he's just a yes. dumbass shitlord, and he gets people killed, and nobody talks about it. <laughs> Operation Big Wave. Boom, he's very funny. Like I do like him in Boom. That wasn't what I meant before. Like, no, of course. There's a way to make a dumb character who is good and funny. Knuckles should be in even. fucking jail after Operation Big Wave. <laughs> like, what was that? <laughs> Imagine if a war general is just like, okay, we're in battle. Uh, just, just fucking send everyone in. <laughs> Do a big charge. Exactly. Dude, I like how in Sonic Forces Overclocked, they mentioned Big Wave. Yeah, I was like, dude, like, you, oh, you should be, be crying whenever that's mentioned. I, I think you should have had, like, a traumatic breakdown at the mention of Operation Big... Like... Silver like, treats like it as he like falters. he goes. Uh, yes, I guess because I thought of it in two minutes. Yeah, you're going to fucking prison, buddy. You're a war criminal. But like Silver mentions it in Overclocked as though it's like the time Knuckles pissed his pants in the maths exam. <laughs> this is a fucking war crime, dude. Though, like, I still think one of the coolest Knuckles moments ever is when I was like replaying through Final Horizon. It's the bit when Knuckles gets the cyber corruption. And he just fucking laughs it off. I was just like, that's brilliant. Yeah, he's I was so like, cool. That is Giga Chad shit right there. 
his tails like falls over and he's like oh and Zuck's like yeah you ate shit yeah i i, I love it I, I i it was i, I gotta admit it was kind of hot you know like if you, if you hear him laugh at death and don't get a bit of a boner you might be gay dude like well you heard it here first folks <laughs> uh yeah i like sonic the operation big wave did work on you Big wave. I'm just thinking of Big the Cat and Wave the Swallow as well. Uh, the, it, Operation Big Wave, he just drops them into the nuclear battlefield. <laughs> you know what's funny though is in the episode Robots from the Sky from Sonic Boom, there is a point where Knuckles does have to become kind of a general in like a war situation when all the Q-Bots are invading. And he legitimately does a better job than Knuckles did in Forces. He does a better job. He sure as hell didn't do an Operation Big Wave, that's for sure. Like That kicks ass. What is Cubot? Is Cubot pose a threat? Well, there's like an army of like uh, corrupted Cubots that are being controlled by Hypnobot. Oh, okay. And that, yeah, that does can a pose a threat if, uh, if he's got, you know, the right programming. Do you think... Orbot and Cubot should come back now that we have Sage. Yes. I would like to see their dynamic with Sage. And I, I would like to see Sage have kind of a slightly more uh, lesser you shitheads mentality that Robotnik has with them. More like they're her brothers and she loves them. Yeah, no, I that's what I was thinking with them because I think like her and Metal Sonic and her and Orbot and Cubot could be a very fun little unit. Uh... I was just thinking about it because I was like, I wonder if people hate Orbot and Cubot because I do, I do like them. Like I feel like their writing was always really fun, whether it be the cartoon or the games. Especially in Boo, and like they they have the potential to be yeah. fun. Like look <laughs> at them in Sonic Forces though, and they suck. It's just like I don't have any legs, neither do you, dude. <laughs> don't mention it, dude. I it's like they were what, in what, the what is even the fucking joke there? There's there's no joke. That the joke is he says, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I do want okay, Chip fan is saying that they want Sage and Metal Sonic. I, that's the more important uh, interaction the that I want. The biggest thing I, I think Sage. See. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I was gonna say I think Sage probably likes Sonic now. Like she thinks he's cool. So like having her hang out with Metal Sonic could be like not like like it could almost like start his little redemption or something. Like cause she could be like, wait, no, Sonic is really cool, and Metal Sonic be like, no, he's stupid. And you know they have to kind of like. Go back and forth about that. He is a little stupid. You know what I want right. to see more than anything else, though, for Sage? Hmm. I want her to meet Shadow and for the two to develop a bit of a kingship. As in, like, Shadow kind of sees her in a similar way to Maria. He's quite protective over her. She's a little girl. She's innocent in all this, despite, you know, what Dr. Eggman gets up to. But also they kind of relate as well in that, like, they're both artificial creations, created both by a Robotnik and by an alien force. Like, Shadow is obviously the work of Gerald Robotnik combined with um, the, uh, the Black Doom blood stuff. And then Sage yeah. is, you know, created Gross. by Dr. Robotnik, but also the ancient cyberspace gave her her human form and humanity. So the idea that they could kind of have that as kind of a mutual ground between the two of them, and Shadow would become kind of protective of her... 
in like you know a maria robotnik kind of way and she could refer to him as uncle shadow because when you think about it yeah like you know, that, that's how it could be seen and this could be the well, one technically person... shadow's eggman's uncle i think well yeah but like you know he could be great uncle shadow effectively but like the idea yeah. that like in this regard as well it's like maybe when there's the big heat of battle stuff going on and like the eggman empire is is uh, striking out and stuff like that the one person shadow goes a little easy on is sage and he ultimately wants to get her away from Dr. Eggman. But maybe this could also bring Shadow a little closer to Eggman as well in kind of like a family dynamic. But it's kind of like that shithead uncle that comes to Thanksgiving and starts talking politics, you know? Like. <laughs> I, I mean, Eggman I also... would be the one to do that. Like, Shadow invites him to dinner or whatever. And then Eggman's like, So I hate you. And Sage is like, Dad, why do you always gotta do that? <laughs> <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of Uncle Shadow. But I hate you. <laughs> I, uh, I I also thought a similar sentiment to like if if you did like a Sonic of the Future kind of thing, you know, that all the characters have come along a bit. I thought it'd be really funny to have Amy date Metal Sonic, and then Eggman becomes her father-in-law. <laughs> it just makes so much sense to me. <laughs> That is like a boom plot line or something. Like could... I feel like I could see that they're all sitting at the table. Like you know the episode of Boom where uh, Amy and Eggman hang out because they both like that one TV show. Yeah. Like I feel like it could do that, except like they don't almost just reuse that. Like they're not getting along, That's and the then all of a sudden at the... the dinner table they say that, and then they go, "You like the puppy show too?" Yeah, the so fuzzy puppy puppies. buddies or what was it? <laughs> Yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> Again, I, just... that's, that's the thing I love about Sonic Boom as well, though, <laughs> is you could even take this in, like, a serious context. It, obviously, they do it strictly for comedy and Boom, but, like, the idea of exploring a little bit of common ground between really unlikely characters is always just fun, in my opinion. And, like, I feel like you yeah. could have even more fun with it if... Because Boom Eggman is soft compared to, like, main series 616 sort of Eggman. Like... He's a big softie. He's more like a nuisance neighbor than he is uh, an evil Hitler with robots that he is in, like, the main canon and stuff. I, I like the idea that we could do that with the really nasty Eggman that we've got in the games, but have the awkward situation of this Eggman has to be the father-in-law to someone he hates. That's like... That's like, um... It's like a similar vibe to like uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming or whatever. You open the door to Liz's house, and there's the fucking vulture standing there, and it's like. Ooh. But then, why would Amy be even surprised by that? You know, it's like oh, I I'm taking Metal Sonic to the homecoming dance. Robotnik <laughs> opens the Death Egg door. It's like, wait a minute, Robotnik. <laughs> wait a minute, how could this be? This is also this is also probably not a story you could tell with the more modern depiction of Amy, where she's a little less silly now you could easily do it like adventure one era amy like so easily it would be actually like make too much sense nowadays she's way too sensible it's one of those things where i do like that ian flynn has made her a bit more dignified but i always there's a part of it's like let her have a little fun you know like let's, let's let her be a little silly think, from time to time it, it's sort of like the uh the princess peach in the mario movie situation how they went she is cool badass hero and it's like technically she is, yes, because she's gone on several of these things, you know, on her own. But can we have both? But also, there's a completely different side that they just said, we're not going to use this. Yeah. And I think it's kind of lame, because they very easily could have made her super serious, badass action hero princess ruler, 
And then when she thinks people aren't watching, she, like, freaks out and is all, like, you know, like the games. Like, all happy and fun and bubbly and stuff like that. Like, they could have done a lot with that. And I think with Amy, they could do definitely do the same thing. Yeah, it's... But it's... I do like that, uh... I, I don't... I didn't really like, like, the constant just, like... Sonic, 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 like don't do that. It gets too far like, in Heroes, works. especially where she's like, "I'm gonna beat you up you know? if you don't marry me." But like, um, <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, that's not good. I think you know one of the best examples is Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog because they let her be a little silly, but she's also you know mm. a, an adult. Yeah, actually, you know, that's a good like um, it's funny because those are like the the uh, heavily fictionalized personalities of the characters, almost like. Yeah. for fun's sake, but those are more compelling versions of the characters than are in the games. I feel like Amy's such an interesting character to talk about as well, because I, I think she's had one of the bigger <laughs> transformations of the Sonic cast. But, um... I, I don't know, like, I feel like we just need a little room for her to be a little bit silly. Like, I, I, in Frontiers, for example, why couldn't she have at one point in the NPC dialogue went up to Sage and been like, Why are you copying my hairstyle, you bitch? Or something. Like, I don't know, just something oh my silly. god, they do have the same hair. They, they have they the do. same I hair, never right? noticed that. You, you noticed that. Oh my god. And you know something interesting is that the end's voice actors are both Cindy Robinson and Mike Pollock. So it's kind of like a fusion between Eggman and Amy. And uh, Sage, you could, you know, aesthetically speaking, you know, make a case. They do have the same. I never, I didn't notice until, just, I mean, it's not like the exact same. Well, from it's the very back, similar. it's the same though. Like From the back, it is the same. Yeah. yeah. From the back, she could just be zombie Amy for all anyone knows tiny dwarf zombie I, I didn't know that about the voice actors also that's i didn't know that that's pretty cool yeah it's kind of like love and hatred combined or some shit i don't know maybe it's just that they're really good voice actors but like it could could be symbolic <laughs> i think it's because they had them in the office and they were like hey could you guys do this hey, you guys are around right you're, you're good right you, you want to do some simultaneous voice acting <laughs> yeah, they didn't just put the tracks together. They had to do it at the exact same time. No, but they must do because, like, they have to match the timing. That must have well, been hard. Couldn't someone just listen to it? That must be really listen to it a bunch and then do it at the same time. <clears throat> I mean, do you know a similar thing kind of happened with uh? Yeah, you ever see the movie Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? The movie? Yeah. Well, there, there was an animated series, but there was also, like, a pilot movie. I know the animated series. I didn't know there was a movie. Well, there was a pilot movie. I've seen this. Movie. And originally, like, Buzz was voiced by Patrick Warburton the way he is in the show. But, oh! Um, right. They were able... I did see that. Yeah. They were able to get Tim Allen in to do the pilot movie. And so they had him go over all of, um, all of Patrick Warburton's lines. But um, because it was animated to match Patrick Warburton's sort of timing, and it's very distinct... Tim Allen basically had to perform to the timing and uh, sort of overall stylings of Patrick Warburton. So you end up with a very interesting performance. But um, yeah, it's probably like that, where it's like, you know, one of them will have recorded first. Probably Cindy, I'm guessing, given that um, given that she mainly has the female voice for the most part of the game and doesn't really get the male one until the very end. But um, yeah, I I'm guessing Mike Pollock would have had to maybe have, like, headphones on and have to match the sort of cadence and timing of Cindy Robinson. But but e either way, like, where am I going? Like, what what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't think we had a topic anymore. I think we were just talking. Maybe we should talk about Overclocked another time, though. Yeah, that's fine. We I'll could give it its own it. devoted episode. A while, yeah. Yeah. Um, what even is the time, anyway? 
It is 4.06 p.m. I don't know why I even ESPN. bothered asking you that. I'm at a laptop, which has a clock on it, and our time yeah, zones are different. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to Super Chats, shall we? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. <clears throat> uh, we've got a lot to get through here, so uh, who wants to read first? Right. Hold on. I'm opening it right now. Top chat. Fan funding. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, from our pal Jamal. You're getting it. It doesn't work for me because you say it differently. No, you You say it. our pal Jamal. Yeah, just say our pal. It doesn't matter. Everyone has said this our, to me. Our pal Jamal Simmons. $5 USD. Uh, happy Bee Theory 2024 Years of the Bee. Have a Milk Bro weekend, guys. I Thank you for doing this every week. I still don't understand what it means. He's fun. But I'm he, glad I got to read it. He's um, he, He's basically produced a salad of some of the history of Sunset City. Um, ah, and uh, the question is, what year? Sorry, what animal is um twenty twenty four all about? Do do we know that? I think it's dragon. I think it's year of the dragon. Are right? you sure? I thought so. Year. People said Spiral Four, Year of the Dragon. Here we go, baby. Yeah, bro. It's like happening. seriously, it is the Year of the Dragon, dude. If they don't have a new Spyro game coming out, like, what's even the point of this year being a thing? I will piss if they do not make Spiral Four, Year of the Dragon again. What? <laughs> Because the third one's called Year of the Dragon, so they get to see like Spyro Four Year Spyro of the Dragon Four Year 2. of the Dragon Two. I'd buy it. I'd buy it right now. I would actually be so impressed if they had the balls to call it Enter the Dragonfly. Oh. I played that again recently because I was like, I need to just, I need to just feel how bad it is. <laughs> it's like, oh. I mean, God, what, like what, uh, what what console did you play it on? PS Two. Ah. See that—that's your big mistake right there. It's um, like playing a game completely hammered. Oh, it, dude, the like, load times in it as well. Like they—they they make Sonic 06 blush. Like Sonic 06 is laughing at that game. But that's—that's that's also another thing. Is like I was explaining like any percent speed runs to my sister the other day, and I was explaining like <laughs> it's yeah, four minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, she was saying like you know, oh, you you completed Mario Wonder really fast. Is that a short game? I was like, that's not that's a short game. It's it's a big game. It's just it, it, its main campaign is going to be fairly short. Um, well, or even then, I was like, you know, games don't... They're not as long as they used to feel when we were kids, you know? And um, oh, yeah. I, I was explaining, like, you know, how long it would take to beat Spyro Year of the Dragon. And she was like, oh, that's that would take ages because that's a huge game. I was like, is it, though? And she's like, hey, but remember how much time we spent on it when we were kids? I was like, you can beat it in two hours. She's like, What? And uh, I then went on to explain Enter the Dragonfly. I was like, yeah, but the any percent speed run for Enter the Dragonfly is like four minutes because you can just glitch straight uh, to the Ripto fight. And then, even then, like the majority of it, if you're doing it on PS2, is load times anyways. That game is so pitiful because they, they were like, I think they were like, we're going to have four hub worlds with like a ton of levels. And, and they were like going to have Ripto and game. Nasty Nork team up. And it's like, I kind of feel like... Yeah, they, they were going to kiss... Yeah, I want that for, like, if, when they do, like, Spyro 4, it's about time by Activision. I kind of want them to do the Ripto meets Nasty Nook, or just bring back Ripto anyways, because I like Ripto. Like, when I think, who is Spyro's arch nemesis, it's got to be Ripto, right? Yeah, it's Ripto. Yeah. It's not the sorceress. I can tell Ripto you that just makes a, the biggest impression. He has the most nemesis relationship with Spyro, and this, it's probably okay, down to the fact the that, The sorceress like, is really bad. She's really bad. Like, she's a, like, a genocidal maniac, but, like... Ripto's a better villain. Well, it's the fact that, like, Spyro and the Sorceress do not interact until the very end. Bianca is the character yeah. that Spyro is interacting with throughout most of three. Bianca's a great character, but she's not a villain. Like, 
Um, she's no- she's a yeah, she's a hero. She turns into a hero. Gnasty Nork is just shit. Um, let's be completely <laughs> honest. Um, he's Nasty Nork is justified actually, because Nasty Nork's sitting around and they just doing call him ugly all, all the time. Out, like, and they call him ugly is and he stupid even a and like. <laughs> And they, he just, he fights back, and it's like, okay, I get that. Like, I, no, I, I get that, you. like, you could say that freezing people isn't very moral, but, like, neither is calling him ugly on TV. So, like... Yeah, I, I, when I they know, knew like, he was it's, watching. It's one of those things where it's against the law, but I'm not really going to blame him for it. You know, it's like if you decide <laughs> to like... break into, like, the Prime Minister's house and drop eggs all over his couch. Like, yeah, it's against yeah, it's the like, law, but, like, by all means, like, go for it. Like, it's funny because I think they already banish him, right? Like, Nasty Nork begins the game. Yeah, like, when why we did meet they banish him, like, he's banished like... by the dragons for I... being ugly and stupid. I, I would feel more motivated <laughs> if just... I knew why like, I he think... was banished. I think he was probably, I'm going to say it, Nasty Nork did nothing wrong. It was inside trading. (laughs) (laughs) Nasty Nork was just Yuji Naka the entire time. Charles, Charles Champ, you got to play Spyro 2 and 3. I think they're better than Spyro 1. They're they're so good. I think they're way better than Spyro 1. Spyro 1's good, but it's like when I was playing like the Reignited trilogy, and I I was starting off at Spyro 1 because naturally you do, but like I was like, I know there's way better after this though. Like, just being able yeah. to swim is one thing. Like, I think Spyro 1's a good platformer for what it is, but Spyro 2 and 3 are really good Spyro games. Although like, Spyro they become their really own kind of game. Oh, no, man. Like, oh, yeah. the, the main menu music of Spyro 3 slaps. Yeah. I like that you hear that in the Sparks levels and everything. Like, Yeah. Oh, dude. Like, oh, man. I think... The music of the Reunited Trilogy, I could kind of, like, appreciate what they were trying to do, but, like, I always switch to the classic soundtrack, man. Like, it just goes harder. Like, Fireworks Factory, for example. Like, that track goes so fucking hard. Goes so fucking hard. And the Reunited Trilogy doesn't. It doesn't even sound like it belongs there. Like, it sounds like it's... Oh, I just thought of what I thought the weak link of Sonic Dream Team was. Okay. I'm gonna sound like a... But I want to keep talking about Pyro. I want to talk about Spyro 2, but, like, it's a Sonic podcast. Um, no, we don't have to be. You're right. But um, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge another time. I uh, think the music was the weak link of uh, Sonic Dream Team. And that is not to say it's bad. It's not like what we have with, like, Sonic Superstars, where the music is a bit of a mess. It's legitimately just like, it's fine. It just, it, it ain't it ain't up there, you know? Like, it ain't up there for Sonic. You know, it could compare it to, like, Otani's soundtrack for Sonic Runners, for example. It's like, come on. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah, no, Runners' soundtrack, oh my god. That that thing didn't need to go as hard as it did. Dream Team, I did never have a time where I was like, I don't like this song. I actually had a few songs I did like. Uh, but then... You know, like, after the game ended, I was like, I, I could not tell you what any of these sound like except the first song, I think. Yeah. Even, <clears throat> even Sorry, I was just getting a phone call. Even then, like, the no, instrumentation, it's... like, it, it's one of the things that sounds better through headphones, I'll say that much. The bass sounds kind of cool in headphones. But, like, it's, um... Yeah. It, it's just very... It's, it's, it's very fit for purpose, but nothing more. And I was especially thinking, like, during the Nightmare Guardian boss, I was like, I I need some of that Kellen Quinn stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think we can have both. I think 
We can easily have both. We can have both, but this is too like, soft. This is too soft for that. Like, I feel like they could have thrown, like, a vocal theme into the final level of Dream Team, but, like, also, I didn't specifically need it. You know, it like, it, it was having, fine. like, T Lopes as, like, the big music guest star for the, uh, for the finale, you know? Considering he started out as, yeah. like, a fan, it's like, now he's being brought in like he's Crush 40, which, yeah, I- I'm he's, not against that at guy. all. I'm not against that. Like, that that's not me being like, oh, bro, you think you're Crush 40 or something? No, 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 no. T. Lopes is one of the absolute best composers Sonic has ever had. And I say that about everyone, but fuck off. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I'd say it's like Yoko Shimomura, Grant Kirkhope, David Wise, T. Lopes. I think um, yeah. Jin Sonoi is like the number one in my heart still. But I'm not going to yeah. lie. With Frontiers and the Titan tracks, like, Otani really kind of... He really was like, hey, I'm coming for you, buddy. You know, like... That, that was my kind of thing. Was, I was like... With the Ota- <clears throat> Excuse me. With the Otani soundtracks, I was like... I kind of miss how hard the Jun Sanoi music goes. And when I heard that Jun Sanoi wasn't, like, doing the music for Frontiers, I was like... Ah, oh boy. Like, it'll be fine, but it's gonna be a little softer. You know, because, like, Fist Bump is not as hard as, like, Live and Learn. You know, like it's a it's a good track, but it's not it doesn't go as hard. Then the fucking Titan tracks happen. I was like, oh brother, look, I ain't gonna say it's better than Living Limb, but it does go harder. Like this, this, I, I mean, I, if you ask me, the the absolute best Sonic vocal track ever made is "I'm Here Revisited" from Update Three. That shit's amazing. <laughs> like that is just okay. I <sighs> I can definitely agree there. Like I, it's funny because I think in my video for. Frontiers, the, the day one video I did, I, I mentioned my my jaw kind of dropped in two different places for two different reasons. Are you okay? And it was the fact that, like, the yeah, and it was the music that, that like, when you f- first square up with Giganto, first of all, I laughed because his name was Giganto and I didn't know that. That sounds like a DC I Comics that was character, funny. and I liked that. Yeah. And then, but the music started, and I was like, like, it's all of the Titan themes, and then I'm here revisited. Oh my god, like, I can't imagine those. Like, I can't imagine these encounters with different music at this point. Like, I've seen people replace music tracks on Game Banana. Like, there are mods for it. Like, oh, here's the Titan theme version of Live and Learn over the Titan theme of, like, Giganta or whatever. And I'm like, but I really like Undefeatable. (laughs) Live and Learn doesn't belong there. Live and Learn doesn't need to be changed like these songs are now synonymous with like they're so good and they work so well in the moment that i could not imagine them with anything else undefeatable is probably one of the most iconic sonic tracks since like well vocal tracks since like reach for the stars That's probably do you remember that much. uh pop were you there when uh it was sam it was at sonic um the, the sonic convention that we met at for the first time I that know. one sonic uh was that Re- Revolution? Sega no. Fan Jam. Fan Jam, sorry. Fan Jam. The one, were you at the panel with Evan and Sam where they were talking about, they were just talking about Sonic stuff? And they had, they were like, okay, this next part, we're, it's, we're, we're all going to sing Undefeatable, the chorus part. And the whole room was singing it. And it was like, I was like, holy shit. Like, these, the, the, I felt so like a part of something. It, it's just, um... it brought people together. I wasn't there for that because I didn't do any of the panels. I was just kind of hanging ah. out. But, like, um, I, I kind of would have loved to have seen it, I guess. But, like, um, 
I remember how I felt uh, when they did the Sonic Symphony um, in London, and uh, the vocalist, um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Vibes. He says, do you want to hear some stuff from Sonic Frontiers? And I was like, oh, they're not. They're going to do the thing. And then break through it all. They did that live. Not just like with all the guitars and stuff, but with the orchestra backing it as well. And I'd, I'd fucking died and gone to heaven at that point, man. Like, I remember. I haven't seen that. I gotta. Going in, I, I was saying to my buddy Dom, who was with me, I was like, "Do you th- do, do you think they'll do any Titan tracks?" I was like, "I'm not gonna take it for granted, but I want them to do Titan tracks." And just after that, I was like, "I got my fucking Titan track," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh <laughs> god, that's insane!" Like, I think with Kellen Quinn and Otani, they found the new Crush Forty going forward, and I, I hope we'll still get Crush Forty stuff. I, I really hope there's still a place for Jensen Noy's music and for Johnny Gioelli because I fucking adore that sound. And I think it can go hand in hand. I think Otani and um, Kellen Quinn should be the sound of Supersonic in the modern games. But I think for regular Sonic, Crush 40 and Jensen Noy should be the thing. Because I just listened to like the Adventure 1 soundtrack, and it's just so much fun. Like I like the themes they did for Knuckles, Tails, and Amy in Sonic Frontiers, but I was like, remember when these tracks were fun, though? Like, these are good tracks, but remember when it was just, you listen to it and you grin, you know? Like, that was what yeah. Sonoye's music did. <laughs> it kind of did, it did. But it's like, yeah, as yeah, people... I, I could definitely go for that. I think separating it into little squads like that could be sort of neat. Yeah, it just, it makes me so sad that it's like, oh, we're getting Jin Sanoi back, but it's going to be for a classic game. It's like, no, oh, enough with that. Enough with that, man. Yeah, don't, I don't know what they, <laughs> like, do you think maybe he made like a bunch of good music and they were like, we don't want that. Make worse music. It's hard to say. I think the intention <laughs> with Superstars was to have... Sonoy compose a lot of it, but then have the different artists go over it, because that's what happened with, like, Cyber Station and um, a lot of the other tracks, is they just, they had the different artists go over it. Bridge Island Zone is a Sonoy composition, but um, T-Lopes, you know, arranged it effectively, and you can still hear the uh, Jin Sonoy one online in, like, the beta tracks and stuff, but... Is, um, is Bridge Island the first level? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. What but, a stupid name. It leads me to believe that, yeah, they absolutely meant to have different people rearrange these tracks. And I think some of them just got <laughs> left. Webster just said, wait, which super chat is this in response to? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were meant this to, is tech- this we is over time. wrap up ages ago, and then we got talking about Spyro, and then I remembered what the weak link of Dream Team is, and my brain's all over the place. I forgot, I forgot we did the super chat. Yeah, we did the super chat. <laughs> I forgot. We did the one super chat. <laughs> That's awesome. I forgot. I totally forgot we were in, like, we're in, like, uh, what do they call it? Overtime. I was going to say, what do they call it in sports? Uh, I think it is just overtime. Overtime, yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, Gunner mentions, uh, forgot, but congrats to Casey Lee Williams of Robbie fame, uh, being in the Sonic Symphony Seattle. What's she doing, though? What, what, what's her, what's her role in this? Is she taking up the place of Mr. Vives? I don't know, I don't More Spyro talk, good. You're right. he said though, Vibes. What is his first name? Uh, he is an incredible vocalist because he good vibes. Shut the fuck up. He did um, 
he he did the vocals on tracks from like the adventure games. He he did vocals on like the Shadow the Hedgehog soundtrack. He he basically in the in the Sonic Symphony Live um in London and uh, a lot of other places where they haven't gotten like Johnny Gioelli or Kellen Quinn. He's done them all. He's done the the lyrics for Reach for the Stars pretty much immediately after doing the lyrics for fucking Live and Learn. And then he's doing the lyrics for Breakthrough It All. And it's like, he, guy's got range. Like, he's fantastic. Like, Dude, I wish I, like, paid attention to stuff like that so I could, like, know and be excited about that. But I just hear a song and I go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta get you there. Oh, man. I'm a terrible music listener. Like, you know, you think like, oh, I really like this song by The Beatles. I should probably go listen to more by The Beatles. And then I just don't do that. Like, I'll have like um, one song from each artist on my phone because I'm a fucking freak. I don't consider myself to be necessarily musically inclined. Like, I bum about with making chiptune shit, using sound fonts and stuff from time to time. I don't consider myself to be like a musician or anything. Um, but I, I think my buddy Sam, who's like a, a music, um, a music student at university, he's, he's done like, uh, compositions for like indie films and stuff as well. He mentioned to me that I have a very good ear when it comes to music and like, uh, when we were watching get it? fucking the Doctor Who Star Beast episode, how I was able to point out different light motifs from like Murray's previous tracks and stuff. And he was like, I didn't even notice that. I was like, well, it just stood out to me. You're very analytical. I feel like you use every sense that you have to to form an analysis. <laughs> Coming from you, that's kind of Sonic tastes great. Feels kind of good. <laughs> oh man, Webster was also. Why me give up? Webster was with me um, at the Sonic Symphony as well. That was a fun day. We had him and uh, I don't know if Mr. Terry Chaos is in the chat right now, but he's also a nice dude. I don't think I've seen the name pop up today i don't think he's here today but okay i guess we should uh we should probably okay one last thing one last thing all right as i'm watching the chat box scroll yeah out of the corner of my eye i see you know how they have that little reaction thing now it's the heart yeah it makes me think like i I see it out of the corner of my eye and i'm like oh someone's putting a heart in the message and i look back it's like oh no nobody's done that the entire occasionally you'll see one like float up because that is just something that the audience can just smash just to Show us yeah, I'm like, love. oh, look at that. And, and maybe They're they beautiful. want to. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I, maybe they want to show us a little love. I don't know. I appreciate the love. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> now, you're clicking that, aren't you? Oh. That's you. You're doing that. No, that's not me. I'm not. You're doing you would that, hear you it on my microphone. <laughs> no, I, I, there was a fire there, too. Ooh. It, this could... There's a bunch of them. I'm still just thinking about Prince Florian. <laughs> Wearing a garter belt and stockings. <laughs> what an out-of-nowhere statement that means absolutely nothing to anyone who's watching. <laughs> I put a tweet up about it. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see no, it. I don't it's go just, It's how he, like, says, like, you know, you got a new badge. And then when he says, do you want me to wear it? He's like, And it's like, he sounds like yeah, he's giving him lace panties. Back. Like, he sounds you were so... like You were like, why does Prince Florian always sound like... He's equipping something scandalous when you. He sounds a bit back. like it's like his you first want me to time. Wear it? He's like, I don't, I, I, I don't want my dad to see me in these lace panties. Oh, oh I hate that. Prince Florian's parents are dead, a hundred percent. Yeah, but like, which of Prince Florian's asses would you spank during like, you know, raw dogging behind? All right, thanks for coming, everybody. Ah, that's <laughs> what Prince Florian by. said. <laughs> that's.
<laughs> Demetrius says, I love that little worm. Yeah, I got Super Mario Wonder. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Wonder for Christmas, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> if anyone's I fucking love that game. wondering. <laughs> oh, it's such a good game. It is really amazing. I remember like, Pop and I were playing, we were doing the online mode, and I was uh, I was waiting for him to get these wall jumps correct. Wa that wall jump challenge fucking, is really was, hard. That wall jump challenge is hard, but the fact that I've played it like eight times, I was just like... It was like I was treading water right above him, like on the platforms, and he was—he just kept jumping up and not making it. I was like, "Come on, you!" And put in the little cry emotes as well, like, just to let you know I'm having a hard time. Like I was showboating. Man, what a great game! Anyway, I—I I, I, yeah. listen, like, I—I—it hurt me saying, "Oh God, that is so much better than Sonic Superstars." But at the same time, I was like, "Yeah," but I also just had a peak gaming experience, so I was like, "How?" How fucking mad am I gonna? I'm not mad at Mario about this. I'm mad at fucking Sonic about this. Like, even like then, I play I, a good Mario game and it makes me sad for Sonic. It, it's, it's, the thing about it though is, I, I think timing is also a factor here because if you take Wonder out of the equation, I still don't think Superstars looks that bad. It's just, it's by the books and the little things it does to experiment mostly don't work, but it's all right. Okay, but then this you is bring out real... Wonder. And it's like, yeah, we're just going to completely redefine everything about this and make it way better. And just everything that we could just pack fun into. It really is. We're just going to do I, I it. I was kind of thinking about, um, and this will be my last thing for per, for real. But, like, uh, I was thinking about, I feel like if the, like, imagine Mario Wonder was the bad one, right? Like, it's it's reusing old things too much, and it's not doing anything with them, and it's just, like, kind of stumbling really bad. I feel like if Mario Wonder was, like, Sonic Superstars, we wouldn't be able to walk to the left in Mario Wonder. Like, the screen would stop, like, in Super Mario Brothers. Because oh, they yeah, would... Like in the, in they're classes. taking the things from Sonic that, like... That kind of sucks. It's like, we're gonna make it like the classics, but they don't bring in things that enhance the classics. They go... Here is the classic gameplay one-to-one, -one, but not like Mania, where it's, like, fun and exciting. It's the same shit, but worse. I was Like, here it is. About how, how would you even address... Need another super chat. Ooh. There isn't one. That was a troll. Oh, shit. You got me. Um, how am I going to afford college now? You'll be fine. Says the college graduate. You'll be fine. One of these days, we'll get those sponsors in here, and it'll be good. <laughs> anyway, you were saying? Um, shit. Never mind. Fuck it. It's time to end. We can't. We can't keep them on <laughs> tenterhooks like this. So, um, Garrulous sixty four, the YouTuber. Uh, what uh, what is happening on your channel? Oh man, I'm trying to figure out how I want to do things. That's what I'm doing. You're so keep watch. I'm gonna this, be man. doing stuff. <laughs> Just make what? something already. Just make make some shit. I, it's gotta be correct or else I'm not gonna be satisfied. Listen, man. Listen, man. You're treating this like you're prepping for the fucking Queen's birthday or some stupid shit. Just, you don't got those no more. Yeah, good. Just just make some shit, man. Just fucking... Just be like... I do want to make some... I, just, I think I know what I'm gonna do. I think it hit me finally and I know what I'm gonna do. Oh, yeah. But hurt? I won't say it. It, it's overclocked, isn't it? I have a lot of plans, but that's one of them. It, it doesn't have to be a surprise. Just hype it up. Hype hype that shit up. Hype up. What, what are you doing? What are you making? What's 
was one of the ideas. I don't know if it's going to be hype anyone but me. I, I'm kind of going back and forth because I'm like, I want to make something big to come back, but I also want to make something that I want to make. All right. So, uh, so Sonic. You're going to make Sonic. Sonic's in it. Sonic will be in it. Sick. Yeah. There's a Sonic-related video with Sonic characters. Pop, what are you doing? What are you made to make? What are you doing? Um, I'm, um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, but Pup, you gotta, you don't, it doesn't have to be a secret, it's gotta be a... It's not me being secretive, I just, I usually make the video on the day it gets released, so I just don't know right now. Okay, no, that's fair. I was thinking I... I envy being able to make a video that fast. I was thinking I kinda wanna, I, I kinda wanna do like a little sort of a rewrite experiment on how I would maybe handle the by generation from the giggle a little differently but that's a doctor who thing like sonic fun sonic fans sonic fans ain't gonna give a shit about that um but sonic is in the doctor who show he's in it all the time yeah but he's a screwdriver yeah and now he's a gaming mouse now <laughs> i don't know if i like that i feel like it's a little too yeah i can live with it cheesy. it's all right i i like yeah. it more than uh than jody's Sonic screwdriver, and I like it more than Capone's. Another one looked, a, looked like a wand. Well, yeah, Jody's one looked like a dildo. Alright, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> we done? Yeah, leave it on that. We out of here? He had he had one more thing to say before you all leave. Bye, bye, everybody. Are you serious? That's it. Bye.